You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. And Jensen, it's a flu game for you. <laughs> Something, yeah, man. I got like super sick. Like I started feeling it a little bit yesterday morning. Got through my day of work, barely. Um, and then like, yeah, man, last night it was just rough. I got a bad headache, got a fever, nauseous, just a I'm really hoping I don't have the the big C. Um, anyways, there's so much that's gone on in wrestling that it's like, I I could not miss the show today. So like, I just want to give you all a heads up right off the top. If I like mute myself and bail for a second or something, I just I just feel really uh, really bad this morning, unfortunately. But we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, and I don't know about the interview. Stuff. Well, sorry, sorry. We, had a, we, had a, we have a lot of uh, really important stuff to talk about. And um, in the interview with Dad uh, that y'all are going to hear was like one of my favorite interviews we've done. So, um, so yeah. Um, I don't want. I don't mean to be too much of a downer. I just want to let y'all know off the top. I'm just feeling very, very bad this morning, unfortunately. But we're here to talk about wrestling. So I'm. I'm I am. I'm, I am glad to be here, like like every other Thursday. Jensen's gonna have a trash can just held up in front of the screen at various points, as long as you, as long as you mute your mic. There you go. There it is. <laughs> just in case. Instead man, of yeah, instead yeah. of throwing instead of throwing those WWE titles in the trash, he's gonna be throwing his lunch in the trash or his breakfast, I guess, from this morning. Mm. Well, I, I hope you feel better. This morning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I couldn't good. even eat. Oh no, dude, I couldn't. I I ate like one thing yesterday, and I couldn't. I it's, people don't want to hear about this. I it's. It's one of those things where it's just people like, like to get to know us. People, people, people like to get to know us, and uh, <laughs> you know, it makes us more personable. Steven Jensen, instead of just jumping sure. right into the, the news of wrestling, people get to know the real us on these shows. What we are, our, our everyday struggles. People think this wrestling life is just ah, you yeah. just hop on and you chat about wrestling. This is such a glamorous life. No, we get sick. We got kids. <laughs> we got shit going on. All right, so people like to get to know us, Steven Jensen. Yes, for sure. I'm hoping I don't have to work my shoot job today. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm waiting to hear back about that. And an ideal situation would be doing this show and going right back to sleep for like an entire day. But, uh, that's but a, Hey, maybe that's my, my boss might hit me back up and say, Hey, you got to work and be like, all right, at least I work from home. Like at least, at least, at least there's that yesterday I had to go in the office for a minute. Now I'm like all worried that like, 
if I have something, I probably just spread it to all my coworkers. Like, you probably oh, got, got it from one of my coworkers. coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had to be around people in so long. And like yesterday, some of our computer systems didn't work. So I had to go into the office for like half the day. And yeah, pretty much ever since then, I feel absolutely terrible. Of, but anyways, let's talk about let's talk about wrestling, Jeremy. Uh, let me read this super chat from JJ who says, hello to my favorite big star, king of the Indies watcher. Much love to both of you after this week. Smaller note, pump for Slammiversary. We will talk a little about Slammiversary. That is one of my spotlights this week. Of course, I don't care about these big matches. I only care about the reverse battle royal because that's back uh, in the world of wrestling. But before we get into like any in-ring wrestling, uh, Jensen, to, to pull back the curtain here a little bit more, we we send our we send each other our little our spotlights for the week. Usually, we've been doing them earlier since our show starts earlier now. So, mm-hmm. like Tuesday night, we sent in everything except for AEW because AEW was um hadn't aired yet. So we sent in everything for for besides AEW Tuesday night. Mine for WWE was the Apollo Cruise vignette <laughs> that aired on NXT, which. Sure, if you care about that, uh, go watch that. I thought it was it was something else. And yours was the NXT UK match between Mako Satomura and, and Ivy Nile and Ivy Nile's potential. That is what we were going to talk about when it right. comes to WWE. We were going to talk about <laughs> NXT and NXT UK. That's how the week was for WWE by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And then Wednesday... Around four o'clock, I think, is when um, the the Wall Street Journal dropped the story. All hell broke loose in the world yes. of WWE. All hell broke loose in the world of WWE. So Wall Street Journal publishes this story. Um, it is an ongoing investigation. There are legal ramifications. We can only say like so much about it. We don't want to get ourselves, the sites, anybody in, in trouble here. But they're investigating Vince McMahon over $3 million hush pact on an alleged affair. Uh, I'm going to pull up the story here in a second. It was behind a paywall on Wall Street Journal. I don't know if it, w- if it was free, uh, if it is now free. But according to a report of Wall Street Journal, the board is investigating secret $3 million settlement that Vince McMahon reportedly agreed to pay to a departing employee with whom he allegedly had an affair, according to doc- documents and people with familiar with the board inquiry. So the WWE Board of Directors is investigating this whole thing. Uh, a January 2020 separation agreement reportedly bars the now former employee who was hired as a paralegal in 2019 for discussing her relationship with Mr. McMahon or disparaging him. The investigation reported began in April when other older non-disclosure agreements involving claims by the former female WWE employees of misconduct by Mr. McMahon and John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations, Wall Street Journal couldn't determine how many previous agreements were being investigated. Uh, board members reportedly learned of a $3 million agreement and a series of anonymous emails they received from someone who said the former WWE paralegal was as a friend. Uh, McMahon and Laurinaitis did not comment on the story. Um, the WWE's lawyer, Jerry McDivitt, sent a letter to the Wall Street Journal, said that the former paralegal hadn't made any claims of harassment against Mr. McMahon and that WWE did not pay any money to the ex-employee on her departure. It does say in the report that McMahon paid his own personal money uh, for this, uh, I think there was some confusion there of did he use WWE funds for it, which would have been a huge no no, um, yeah. or did he use his personal money, which still isn't good, uh, but it's coming out of his own pocket. Uh, and a WWE spokesperson said the company is cooperating fully with the board inquiry and that the relationship with the ex paralegal was consensual. He added that the company takes the allegations seriously and is dealing with them appropriately. So the investigation's underway. 
We will see what happens. But this is a major story in the world of wrestling as the fallout from this could be Vince McMahon leaving. I think I think Lauren Ayas is stepping down in some capacity at some point. I don't see how he kind of gets out of here and remains, you know, scot-free. They got a, we saw it with Carano with the trash bag sent to Mickey James and Paige even said she got her stuff sent in a trash bag by Carano Paige on her Twitch stream. Uh, she retired this past week, by the way, that's like a, that, that I'm on like Friday. And now it feels just like a, a story that's non-existent uh, based on everything that happened yesterday. Um, but I, I like Carano kind of took, took the fall for all of that. It seems like, my guess is Laurenitis won't last after all of this shakes out. What happens with a man? I don't know. Where? What do you see happening here, Stephen Jensen, in terms of the big picture WWE? Because I don't want to get into the investigation of what happened. That's not for us to discuss. That is a legal. That that's all a legal matter that we can't comment too much on. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough to know because. On one hand, I don't see Vince leaving like ever for like any reason, you know, but I, he might kind of be, be forced to, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm with you though. I can't imagine Laurenitis like kind of surviving the whole situation in the company. If he's married to one of the, the Bellas, like yeah, the Bellas mom. mom, right? Yeah. It's their mom. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean one of the Bellas. I, of course not one of the Bellas, but their mom. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, because, like, I want to talk more about, like, kind of what is being alleged, but at the same time, we can't really get that into that right now. So it, it's it's a tough topic to talk about and kind of tiptoe around. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll say this, and I, I, I caught a little bit of Jeremy and, or sorry, a little bit of Alex and Sean last night, and... I'm with Alex when it comes to a lot of it, where he's, he was just like, how crazy is it though that like no one even seems surprised? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, it's surprising, right? But like when it happened, everyone's kind of like, oh yeah, I could see that happening. You know, it's like, damn, you know, I, 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 I really don't know. Until there's more information out there, it's going to be really hard to comment on. And like you said, I don't want to get us in trouble or the site in trouble or anything. So I, I don't know, but it's, this is huge, you know, like, uh, like David Bixenspan said it on Twitter yesterday. And, you know, I think he makes a pretty good point. I think if you're a, a disgruntled WWE employee and you're someone who wants out of the company or you're someone who's had any kind of like weird, like creepiness happen to them in the company and stuff, like now is, now is your time to like really speak up and like try to do something about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, cause you know, this is a really bad look for the WWE, a really bad look for Vince, a really bad look for Laurinaitis. And it's just, you know, I've heard, I, I don't know anything obviously, but like there's always been kind of like under the surface kind of rumors that like Vince over time has kind of like done stuff like that. Like, you know, cause they're, they have like a crazy sketch history of like doing a lot of crazy stuff with a lot of their performers and stuff. And I, I like the idea of like a little hush money doesn't really seem that out of, out of the realm of possibility that, you know, not just for this, but like for, there's probably other stuff too throughout the history of the company that Vince is probably like, you know what? I don't want this to be a problem. Let's give you some money and, and get you to kind of keep your mouth shut. And, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, obviously. I'm just saying like, 
it none of this is just that like once the story came out and i was reading into it i was like this stuff just doesn't really seem that surprising to me um which is not really good because like if if this was like you know i don't know what a good example is but you know if this was another person in like like high power this was like uh I don't know. I don't want to name names, but you know, this was like the owner of another like major sports franchise or something like that. Like I wouldn't be as, I, I would be way more surprised than like be like Vince being involved in that, if that makes sense. Like Vince is always, he's always got controversy kind of attached to him in some way, shape or form. And also I want to throw this out there. Stephanie leaving the company the way she did, like who knows if this has anything to do with, I, that's complete speculation, but I'm just saying like all his whole family is like leaving the company and like, it's, I don't know. Like it's, 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 it's a terrible look. It's a, it's bad. Um, I don't really know how else to, well, how, how is there, what else do you want to add about it? Cause I know once again, we can't, we can't talk like super in detail about it. So it's tough, but like, do you kind of feel the same way where it's like, you hear this and you're like, you know, unfortunately you're like not surprised, but like, it is shocking that like, this is, that this is happening. Uh, when it comes to billionaire owners in any company uh i'm not surprised with anything you mentioned like uh, other sports uh Amon brings up robert Kraft. we've seen in the in the nba the dallas mavericks got got hit with a big uh sexual harassment story um was that with cuban had, or i don't i don't recall the the details on that and i don't want to yeah. get anything wrong i don't know if cuban was like fully involved with that but it was definitely a um a bad environment when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks. I Cuban is obviously still there. So I, it may have just been like, he turned a blind eye to stuff. Maybe he wasn't directly involved with things, but he, I don't want to get details of the, of the story sure. um, wrong. Uh, you know, we had the, the Clippers owner uh, who got caught using racist language. And so like was, he got, yeah. Like, yeah, he got outed on, on that. Like he, he got Sterling? Out Sterling. Yeah. Yeah. Sterling, yeah. I believe. Um, so like this happens in in sports uh it happens across really a lot of these big businesses uh we don't we maybe not don't hear about it um yeah leland says i think cuban was uh, aware of it and tried to cover up didn't recommend i would imagine cuban probably like considering he runs that thing like knew something about something and just didn't like say much and then you know people just got fired off of it or people left off of it so it happens uh, across sports, and I, I imagine it happens across a lot of big businesses. But when you have this many employees and, and this much going on, uh, for it to happen with the top top person, I don't know how often that happens. Yeah, Washington Commanders—they're going through a, a lot of stuff, and they've been going through a lot of different stuff. So it definitely happens. Um, as far as like the overall big time ramifications on all of this. Yeah, I think Laurinaitis is probably finished. I think this makes it more likely that WWE just sells. I, I mean, you yeah. you've been saying it. You you've been thinking they've been trying to to sell for a while now, and yeah. I I think that this makes it even even more likely. I don't know. I did see claims that someone like leaked the information on the boards. You know, people people want to speculate and throw out there like, oh, Nick Khan leaked it, Triple H leaked it, somebody. I have no idea what's true on that or not. I think Vince does just take a step back from everything because he survived a lot. He's gotten through a lot um, to where people thought like, oh, Vince, this is going to be the end of it all. And at this point, as, as old as he is, 
and everything, it just seems like it's better off. Hey, let me give this to Triple H Stephanie. Let me give this to Nick Khan. He can sell it if he wants. And that be kind of the end of that with Vince. He's made his money. He'll be fine. Like that'll, that'll be that. Um, that's kind of where, where I think, I think Vince is kind of going to be finished after this. And I could be completely wrong. This might be another thing where Vince McMahon, the man has 20 lives and he survives again, but I think what's best for the company at this point is he just steps away and that's it. Even if the investigation comes up and it's like, well, this happened, this happened, nobody's actually in trouble. And, you know, who knows what actually comes out of the investigation. But even if that's what comes out, if I'm Vince, this is already a black cloud on things, I'd step away and just turn over a new leaf with the entire company. Yeah, that's understandable. And like, like you said, you know, I've, I have been calling for them to to sell for a while now. And and I think Nick Khan is kind of like the gonna be kind of like the Dana White of of it. Like he'll kind of be the face and like maybe the president of it. Even if they sell, I think that like the next company, Disney or whoever, will probably want Nick Khan in that position. Um so yeah, I, I don't know. And also like like I said, how much this is complete reckless speculation. Okay. I'm not, I'm not sitting here. Like none of this is fact. And I don't know any more than anyone else says about any of this, but like, I also wonder how, like, did they know something was going to kind of come up soon about something like this? Because like I said, the Stephanie thing was weird. Vince going on, you know, the McAfee show and doing an interview, like he never does him getting back in the ring and wrestling and all that, like, so maybe some of this stuff was like a last ditch effort of like, Hey, I know things are about to blow up in my face. So like, I want to get all this other stuff done. Like at least want like get in the ring again and, and do a tell all interview and, and this and that. And, and Steph, Steph's going to leave and Triple H is out of power and Shane's not around. And, you know, maybe Vince kind of knew something was, was coming soon. So he wanted to kind of like get, get that stuff in before he couldn't anymore. I, once again, I, I have literally no idea. I'm just, I'm just saying like, maybe they, they knew this was coming there. I mean, there's that Brandon Thurston just tweeted uh, 18 minutes ago, 2.1 million uh, WWE shares changed hands yesterday, about 1.5 million more than an average day, all before the wall street, wall street journal story broke sorry, uh, just after the market closed. So get about 1.5 million more shares changed hands with WWE yesterday, just before the, the story broke. Is this, you know, insider trading type stuff? I don't know. That does seem a little curious, just like Stephanie stepping away, just like Vince. Not even so much the interview, which was a little curious, but if the man was going to wrestle again, then sure, maybe he's going to do an interview and everything. And maybe, like you said, he decided to wrestle again because this was his, his last shot. And everything i know people pointed out in that interview where he was referred to linda as my wife at the time and not you know my current wife people were very right. much in, in picking picking that up um there was the report that vince and linda were selling their home it turned out that report was not true there was also the report that they were selling i believe their uh like loft in in connecticut um and i think that report was actually true so there's there's different reports going on when it comes to to them, a lot of stuff um, that that's been happening with, when it comes to them. That you look at it now, when you see when this investigation start started, when you see when all this, which was basically you know April and then uh, a little bit earlier with the, when the documents came out in, in January, um, 
when you see the timeline with everything, you can definitely look at things like, oh, this is a lot more curious now than it was then. And even then, it was a little bit curious. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, I'm the, 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 the shares changing hands, the timing of that is very suspect. Um, yeah, this is all a, a bad look. I, I don't, I'm interested to see, you know, what comes out next about this. If more people step forward about similar things, I mean, think about all the, like, like women specifically that like work for the WWE, especially in like the attitude era and stuff, you know, like some of the stuff that like some of those women were subjected to doing like on screen and probably behind the scenes. And stuff. you know what I mean? There's probably a lot of people with the WWE that like, haven't wanted to say, haven't wanted to say anything. Cause like, they didn't want to be the only one. And, and it's, dude, it's, it's pretty much impossible to go up against the WWE in court. Like you're going to, you're almost always going to lose if you try to fight the WWE. And so it's like, it's, you know, it's tough, but like, maybe this gives, maybe if there are people who have been wronged in the past, you know, they see this and they're like, you know what, I'm going to say something about this, uh, about what happened with me. And maybe they can all kind of band together and, and, and get something done. You know, I'm also not one of these people who's like, who like, you know, themes for like the downfall of people you know i'm not sitting here hoping like vince you know i'm not sitting here hoping like you know for vince his whole life and career just goes down in flames but at the same time like if there's truth to this and then like other things start coming out like i mean i do kind of hope he gets what he deserves um but but you know what i mean i'm not i'm not i'm not one of those people that like really like cherishes or like relishes in people like crashing and burning or like having bad luck and like bad things happening to people. But like, I am big on like justice as well. So like, you know, if these things are true and, and more things come out, I hope that the, the victims and, and what have you, I hope that they, uh, they get justice for what, for what happened. I mean, to pay someone $3 million, if that, if this is accurate, because I remember they, I think it said something along the lines of like, it was like $3 million, but I think it was like a million at a time for like up to like five years or something. So it sounds like it was designed specifically to keep someone shut, to shut up long-term, right? Like if, if you want it's all a, the money. Says, yeah. It says the, the non-disclosure agreement provided an upfront payment of 1 million to the former employee with the remaining 2 million to be doled out over a period of five years. So that's, that too is like, I mean, if I'm being honest, it's smart on Vince's part, like to do something like that, because it's like a long term way of trying to keep someone's mouth shut. But at the same time, like if this is true, that's a pretty telling. It's pretty telling, right? Because it's like, hey, we know we screwed up and we need some, we need this person to keep their mouth shut for at least five years. So we're going to incentivize them by paying them out incrementally throughout five years so that hopefully five years from now, if anything comes out, we can just be like, oh, that was a long time ago. And like, they can't get their facts straight and blah, blah, blah. And like too much time has passed and maybe nothing happens. Um, and it was a friend of the person this was alleged against, right? Like this wasn't like the, the victim saying something. It was like a friend of the victim saying right. this to the Wall Street Journal. So so well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who talked to, to the Wall Street Journal. Um, I just, 
the, what, what came out in the emails and these emails that now if they're going to be investigating this stuff, this could get very messy because it, it, uh, the report says the first email sent to board members on March 30th alleged that Mr. Mann initially hired the woman at a salary of 100000 but increased it to 200000 after beginning a sexual relationship with her. The email to the board also alleged Mr. Mann gave her like a toy to Mr. Laurinaitis. These words, uh, what's going to come out potentially in these emails get, could get very ugly if this is just one line in, in, in an email that they found so far. The board is investigating the allegations in the email. The people said with the, uh, the people familiar with the inquiry said the former employee reportedly moved from the legal department in 2021 to become an assistant to Mr. Laurinaitis. My friend was so scared. So she quit after Vince McMahon and lawyer Jerry paid her millions of dollars to sh shut up. The initial email to the board said referring to Mr. McMahon's long-term lawyer, Mr. McDivitt, who negotiated the deal according to people familiar with the board inquiry. So I don't know if it was a friend of a friend. It just seems like it's people familiar with the board wanting to do the investigation. Uh, who those people are, not sure, not going to speculate on that. Just that that is what we know. Well, and to be completely honest, once again, we, we don't, we're gonna have to wait till more things come out for like for sure on this stuff. But like, even if, even if the only thing that happened, like everything else aside, even if there's truth to that employee getting a, a twice the pay that they were getting before for having a sexual relationship with Vince and or Laurinaitis, like that alone is enough to be like, okay, like this is really messed up and something needs to happen. And like Laurinaitis is done. Vince is probably not like just, just that one aspect of like the quid pro quo of like you make a hundred thousand dollars, but if we start getting in bed together, you're going to make $200,000. Like that alone is enough to, for this to be a humongous problem. Not even all, all the other stuff we're talking about. So like, I mean, so yeah, this is, this is bad. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. Like it's, it's bad. Um, unless this is all, you know, unless there's no truth to any of it, but at the same time, it's hard to believe the wall street journal would run a, a story if there was no truth to this. Like they're not going to, you know, they got a lot on the line by like being wrong about something like this too, and putting it out there. I mean, so it's, I have to imagine there's at least some truth. Uh, if, if not, you know, this whole, everything might be true about what we're seeing and there's probably more stuff coming. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Think about how long Vince like got away with this kind of stuff too. I mean, it's been like decades upon decades of like, you know, lawsuits and sketchy behavior and kind of like bullying like people who would ever come at him and like all this stuff. And he's kind of been untouchable for the most part for, you know, since like he took the company over from his dad and uh, it kind of feels like time's up if I'm being honest based on, you know, like I said, even even if just the pay the pay bump happened, even if it was just that, that's still enough, I think, for it to be a really really big problem. Uh, none of this is a good look for for Vince or WWE. We'll see what what the fallout is. I hope that the victims do get some justice. And this, you know, a lot of times with these stories, we see that it it kind of plays out like like with people just are paid off. Like we've kind of seen with, with what's happened in this story reportedly of, Hey, we just paid you 3 million hush money. That's the end of it. That's how a lot of this sort of plays out. Um, we, we'll see what happens with this. I hope that it is not just, Hey, let's just settle a bunch of stuff and that's that. And nothing actually happens based on history when it comes to this stuff and rich billionaires and everything. 
money yeah. money buys buys you out of a lot of situations here and i could certainly see that being the case but we'll see what the investigation turns out i would imagine there is truth to the story uh where the truth is how much the truth is going to come out we don't know uh and we'll we'll find out in the coming i it, i don't think it's going to be weeks i do think it's going to take months to for all of this to eventually come out, I think we'll start seeing a big shift in WWE through the rest of the year, and we'll see what this affects in the end. I think someone mentioned that like the stock. I mean, I'm gonna check the the stock right now, and like if it's gone down or anything. Because someone said like that's all these people care about is that you know what the stock price so and, and it has gone down. It went down point eleven, so doesn't seem like it's gone down that much today. Uh, you know, you you would think a big story like this it would go down a little bit more, but Yo, that's what these people care about. If the stock price isn't terrible, it's going to be like, all right, well, everything's good still. So we'll see what's going on with everything. we got a bunch of Super Chats on this. Uh, Alan Mark says, we'll have to wait and see about the legal ramifications, but based on my training in business management and labor law, it is possible there could be a case against Vince for a third-party harassment given his history. I, I don't know. I, I'll trust your your uh, training in business management and, and labor law. I think there could be a lot of cases against Vince when all of this is said and done. Whether or not any of them happen is, you know, a different story. Um, Alan Mark says, also the law requires confidentiality by all parties in the investigation. Yet that's why I don't know if the full truth of everything is going to come out, but something will certainly come out of this that is more than that's already come out in, in this story. Um, and Joseph, Bullen, Joseph, Joseph JBJ sent in uh, just a super chat. Uh, JPJ, if you got a message, let me know. I don't see any any other comment. Oh, there we go. Uh, sorry, my chat didn't go through. I was going to say this feels like it's just the tip of the iceberg and other stories will come out, which will lead to Vince's demise at some point. That's kind of my general feeling as well, but I don't know if that's going to be the actual case because we've just seen uh, Vince get a... We, we've seen him skate through a lot of stuff through the years where we thought something was going to come out and then nothing ended up coming out on it. So I could see that a lot of stuff just gets kept quiet and maybe he just respectfully steps down. Um, I don't know how this is going to play out. I really don't. Or maybe there's more hush money. <laughs> He's like, all right, um, you know what? How about $10 million? <laughs> it's like, you know what and I that, mean? Like, again, like a lot of, a lot of times when it comes to this stuff, like a lot of it just probably gets paid out and that's the end of it. Like how many times have we seen this when it comes to investigations, it, yeah. with, when it comes to harassment lawsuits and stuff, it's just like, Oh, they settled. There was a money exchange. Nobody talk about anything. Like that's a lot of times that it seems like that's how it plays out when it comes, when it comes to this stuff, when it involves, you know, rich people going on. Um, yeah. Well, so also, I could, I was just say real quick that, you know, I, and part of me, I want to know what the truth is for a lot of reasons, right? Like you want to, you want to know, and you want justice, but also as like a just a fan of wrestling, which is secondary to like the, the things that we're talking about, but like being a fan of wrestling, you know, there are obviously those people out there that are blind that will blindly support the WWE regardless. Like they don't care. Like they like they they all of this could be true and they they still love the WWE and it just doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think for the fans that are maybe on the fence about like whether or not to support the product, they need to know the truth. Because like if you're if you're out there like buying the the merchandise and buying tickets and watching the shows and, and promoting the product and, and and you know you're this big WWE fan out there in the world or whatever and but like 
this kind of stuff is going on, at least you should know so that you can make a decision on if you want to continue to support the the product or not, because you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where like, I want, I want the truth out there. Like, because I mean, and this goes with anything is, you know, I'm obviously a huge AEW fan, but like, if this was like the same exact story, but an AEW, like I would want to know, because this might, this might sway my opinion on like even wanting to be a fan of the product. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that people, I think, you know, on one hand, it's like, does everyone deserve to know everything going on behind the scenes with everybody? Not necessarily. I don't know. But do you, but in a situation like this, when it's the, when it's the owner of the entire thing, you know, I, I just feel like there might be fans out there that like, they hear this and they're like, damn, you know what? Like, I really shouldn't be supporting this product anymore. Like, I don't want to keep putting money in this guy's pocket. Like, the money that I'm giving this guy is getting sent off to women to, to keep them shut up because he's doing screwed up stuff. You know, like this is like, you know, I'm just, so I just wanted to throw that out there too. Like I, 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 I feel like it's, it's uh, important that the fan base know what, what's going on because I, I, I feel like I mean, WWE is obviously not going to blast this on their, their television show or their social media or anything. Not. Yeah. You know, if you're online and you read this stuff, then you're going you're going to know whether or not you want to continue to support is, is up to you. A lot of these a, a lot of people, they will, you know, their parents and their kids, they're they're probably not gonna tell their kids like, hey, I want to go see a WWE show. They're not gonna be like, well, we're not gonna support this because of this, this, and this. The kid doesn't care about this stuff. The kid is just like, I just want to go see Roman Reigns. I just want to go see this person. You know, it, the kids they cheer for Riddle, and he has uh, allegations against him or had allegations against him. So there's a lot of shady people in wrestling, and now the company is being uh, there's a big cloud over the company right now. So I agree with you that you know fans should know what the the full truth is. I think for a lot of fans who are in our position, this may be you know we already know a lot of the bad stuff that has happened in wrestling. We know the dark side of the ring of wrestling and we make our decisions based on that. I think for a lot of people who have, who have been following wrestling and in our position long enough. um, And this story coming out, like, like we've kind of said, isn't the most surprising thing in the world. And we've made our decisions when it, when it comes to this stuff and what we actually support. And for, for people like us, it's like, we might not actually support some of this stuff, We've just got to cover it because it's it's part of our jobs. There are wrestlers that I do not support. I do not support what they've done uh, in their in their personal lives and stuff. But I still have to cover them in in some capacity because that's just part of my job, and yeah. that that's how it's going to be with with WWE. Um, you know, WWE. This happens. We can't stop covering WWE be, because of this, even if I don't directly support, I'll support WWE with any of my money or anything like that. I guess I do because I pay for Peacock or whatever. Or, but like, I got to continue to cover the product and everything. But you're right that you know fans do deserve to know. I think for a lot of fans, they know stuff and they're just going to continue to make their decisions. Sure, 100. percent And like you said, of course WWE is not going to come out and say something about this. Nor, nor legally probably can they if we're, we're being fair like i mean this is an ongoing investigation and stuff like i i don't think anyone's e- could even legally say something publicly if they wanted to from, from the company right now but um but yeah i you know until more comes out we can't say i mean we, we've actually talked a lot a lot more in detail about it than i thought i thought we were going to but i also don't think we've said anything like that's out of 
turn, you know, like this, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I just, I hope, I hope the truth comes out. I hope justice is, is served. I hope the, the appropriate measures are taken uh, based on what winds up coming out. And I hope that people out there that, you know, who, who, I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say like I hope people stop supporting the WWE because that's that's really not my my point. It's just like I hope that if you hear this and you say, "Well, damn, I don't want to really support this product anymore," you have the right for that. Like you, you, I think as a WWE fan, you have the right to know what's going on so that you can decide if you want to continue to support the product or not. So, um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what happens going forward. But I I think it's. I don't think there's any way John Laurinaitis survives the situation. Like, I think there's no, no, no chance in hell. Um, but, uh, but Vince, yeah, Vince, Vince, I think might be able to weather it potentially just cause he has for forever. He's been able to get out of stuff like this, but like at the same time, if, if you were already on the, if you were already on the fence and like considering selling the company, this probably expedites the entire process. Like if you have a buyer and somebody's out there saying they want to give you like eight to ten billion dollars or something for this thing, and now you've got this lawsuit like looming in the background, I think I think you just sell, wash your hands of it, and just ride off into the sunset if you're Vince. Like go and go enjoy the rest of your time on earth. Um you're he's old, he doesn't have a lot of time left probably. And like just go be with your family and just kind of just do your thing. But who knows what that family looks like too? I mean, uh, geez, with, with with the way that they were all treated on their ways out and stuff. I mean, it's wild, man. Because especially for like me and you, we've been watching wrestling for like thirty years, and like, you know, if even in like the nineties and like the early two thousands and stuff, if you would have ever thought that like things would kind of wind up like this, where like the product would be so different than what we grew up on, and that like stephanie would kind of be leaving and triple h wouldn't be the succession plan and vince has just got lawsuits out the wazoo and he's gonna have to bail on his own company i mean man time time times have changed man it's 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 sad to see in a lot of ways you know uh we have a super chat from deandre fine he doesn't have a message so i'm gonna read his previous message here and deandre if you have a, a different message uh feel free to send that in but he says been WWE fans since i was five the truth needs to come out and justice needs to be done we deserve better uh the fans the men and women deserve better i mean i'm i'm with you that we will see what what comes out of this and then it's up to the fans to make their own decisions based on you know how they feel about about everything and if they want to continue to support who they want to continue to support so yeah. we shall see um not the only going thing going on <laughs> in wwe uh now now jeremy is this is this confirmed what we're about to talk about i no, no, no. I so i'll okay. i'll set it i'll set it all up here um uh raj Gari of, of wrestling inc reported that that sasha banks had been released and Sean says he spoke with Raj. Uh, this is on FIFO Select. Everyone go over to, to FIFO Select, $5 a month. That, that helps uh, support us. You can also you get the weekender with Stephen Jensen over there as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to kind of spoil some FIFO Select news here. But this is the kind of the stuff you get from FIFO Select if you sign up. So Raj Gurry of Wrestling Rink reported that Sasha Banks had been released. Sean said he spoke to Raj uh, prior to and informed him of the claim of Banks' release. Uh, FIFO reached out to numerous WWE reps, one of which got back to us and stated, not that I've heard in regards to release. They said they saw Raj's tweets, didn't comment beyond that. 
Nobody in WWE has explicitly shot it down. They've just said they haven't heard about it. Uh, and that pertains to talent, front office, public relations, and staff. Uh, if Banks has been released, it's been kept very, very quiet. Uh, the part that gets me, I'm not going to read the whole thing and sign up to Fightful Select for, for everything. Um, there was a part in there about the, okay, so here it is. Uh, the claim, again, unverified by us as of yet, were that Banks' lawyers were involved and there had been eyes on a physical WWE release. So sounds like there, there's more going on than just, you know, hey, here's your release papers. It sounds like this could be potentially another legal matter and that uh, she did get her release and there are lawyers involved. Some people I know are trying to link the two together of like, oh, well, they put it out there now because of the wall street journal story. And so they're trying to take the heat off of that. I don't think, I think they might be linked together in that, Hey, this story is coming out. They have trying to hold talent back that once the release doesn't look good when this is all going on. So let's just give her her release. I don't think this is a thing of, Hey, let's release Sasha Banks because to take the heat off the wall street journal story. Cause one, I don't think the wall street journal story is going anywhere for a while Two, I don't think it looks good that they're just releasing Sasha Banks. I think if anything, that adds more of like, wow, WWE, you've had a really shitty day today. Haven't you? I think if they're linked together, <laughs> then I think if they're linked together, then it's because this story came out. Now they have less of a leg to stand on with a lot because if a talent is potentially requesting their release, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll just we're just going to keep holding you when you want out." When we have all this other stuff going on, let's just honestly make ourselves look better and be like, "Hey, look, we granted you re- your release when you wanted out." Um, we don't know if she's been released yet. I imagine more will come out. Um, I imagine more will come out in the the coming days uh, with with everything. If she's been released, if she gets released, that's a big loss for WWE. I've said it many times. I don't think they've done the best with her when it comes to to marketing and how they've pushed her. Um, Not necessarily on television. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Because she's got a lot of accolades. She's got a lot of championships. I do think they could have still done better there. But just as her crossover appeal, I think she could be one of the biggest stars, and she should have been treated as such, and they, they had not utilized her in the way they, they should have. like I think she should have been more in a Becky Charlotte position than kind of a little bit in a tier below her is how they've always presented her. Um, you know, she, was in, she was in Star Wars. She's done just 
tremendous things, a lot of different things in, in crossover that I don't think they, they capitalized enough on. And I don't know if she goes to AEW. I know she loves wrestling. She probably wants to continue to wrestle in some capacity, but I think she has a big future outside of wrestling as well. Yeah, I, I think everything you said is uh, is all really fair points. You know, I, I talked about this just a second ago, too, about what Bix was saying on, on Twitter about if you're disgruntled in like any way, shape or form with the company, like now's the time. And I think that that's kind of you just kind of alluded to that as well. Like, like I'm not I <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say like, yeah, they dropped the, they, they they released Sasha to take heat off of the Wall Street Journal thing because like that those are unrelated I think but but I do think there's they're they're related to a degree a very small degree in that sense of like you know they might be sitting here going you know what if uh, if so and so wants out of their contract we're dealing with this lawsuit right now we don't want even more people coming at us right now and trying to to get, you know they they don't want it all piling up probably so they're like you know what. Sasha, you want out, you've publicly wanted out. We don't want this to get dragged out publicly or in court or anything. We got enough going on right now um, when it comes to legal. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just we'll just cut you so that you can go off and do your thing and we'll, we'll just but then if you're like an Ali or someone like that, you're probably wanting the same thing. you know you're probably like, hey, hold on a second like you know are we all are we allowed to finally ask out now because Sasha got out and other people have gotten out before that. And like, I don't think people are going to necessarily like use the lawsuit as leverage to like get out of their deals and stuff like that. But I mean, kind of, you know, to a degree, maybe, maybe they see with this with Sasha and other people that want out are like, now's the time to get out. Like, you know, they, they got a lot going on. They're probably not going to fight it too much and, you know, just get out if you can, if you, if you want out. Um, I think it's pretty, uh, I mean, it would it would be shocking if if Saucer didn't wind up in AEW. I mean, she she would, I mean, she'd kill it there, and they could really use her in the women's division. Um, I think the AEW women's division is actually really good, though. By the way, like I, I like it more than most people do, but adding someone like Sasha puts it on a whole different level than where it's at right now. Um, so and then yeah she has like the mandalorian stuff and you know acting and you know she's related to snoop and you know i'm sure she can get in more in that world too when like the hip-hop scene and and like music videos or whatever right like i mean i'm sure there's like plenty of stuff that, that she's going to be able to do outside of wrestling um but yeah uh <laughs> what a, i mean it's wild that like all the other stuff aside, like lawsuits and, and the Vince stuff and whatnot, just the idea that a performer, the level of Sasha Banks is in that kind of position in the WWE to where she's so undervalued that she has to like quit the company pretty much when this company should be like the land of opportunity, right? Like, I mean, it's like, this is the WWE. This is the biggest, most established sports entertainment company in the world i mean this is and and they just don't know what to do with their stars or, or even even trying to make people stars like I'm, i mean i'm with you too i think that i think that the fan base views sasha on the same level as a charlotte but vince just doesn't for whatever reason and she's been pigeonholed as like kind of a like a mid-card act versus like a consistent main event act so i understand why sasha's frustrated I also said it before, and I have to keep it real. 
um, you people need to know what they're getting into when they keep signing with this company. Like, you know, if you're, you, you have to know that like you, these kind of things are a possibility, but if you're Sasha, it's like the timing just seems to be right. Like, you know, things weren't going well for her there. At least she, she wasn't getting what she wanted to out of her time there. They didn't seem to really see the value in her. And, uh, you know, she walked out again and, I said it when when the walkout happened here on this show. I I really feel like uh, I feel like the only real the only real resolution that would work for anybody would be Sasha getting released. Like I I just didn't see her ever really making it work. Or it's not her fault, but you know what I mean. I just I never saw the the two sides being satisfied with one another. Um, and this is probably the best situation, honestly. Like if Sasha wanted out, she got out. Um, and, or at least we think she got out. We don't know hundred percent for sure, but it, you know, Raj is obviously very credible. Um, you know, um, I don't think he'd put that out there unless there was like some serious truth to it, or at least his, at the yeah. very least, his sources have made him feel confident in, in running the story. Um, and I know that we wouldn't run something like that unless we were pretty confident as well. And I know you, you ran the, the report of it, um, you know, on the website and stuff. So like, uh, yeah. I mean, th- this is the, that's the thing, though, right? I mean, hopefully Sasha's just happier outside the WWE. I, I ho- hopefully she can wrestle elsewhere. I, w- I would love to see her in AEW. And if she wants to act, she's going to be able to act uh, and do other stuff. And I think this is probably the best case scenario for, for Sasha. I, I think, yeah, if she wants to go to AEW, she definitely has a home there. I think she could go anywhere and, and she could have a home uh anywhere you know people who were saying it's not a big loss like she's not really a draw i don't really think anybody in wwe is is like a draw uh i think you know roman shifts a little bit cody certainly shifted things a bit anybody else like even even the people they look at as as stars like charlotte like ronda becky seth like they can all be just like shifted out we've heard the expression a billion times like just cogs on the wheel and i think that's how they they see Sasha of like okay she's been off television now for for nearly a month and it's like nothing's really kind of moved up and down either way it's not like SmackDown is taking this big hit because of Sasha Banks if, if SmackDown ratings have dipped one I think Roman is a little bit more of that and two it's because they've been up against like the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs same thing with like Raw ratings if that's dipped it's because of the more what they've been up against um, when it comes in terms of sports, as opposed to, Hey, they've lost Sasha Banks. Um, So yeah, I don't think if she left in their eyes, it is a big loss. Uh, I think in the eyes of a lot of fans, it's a, it's a very big loss because uh, she, you don't want to mess with the crew on Twitter. All right. I don't know if you've experienced the crew, Steven Jensen. I got friends of friends who've experienced the crew on Twitter. Um, it's it's not good. You're looking at me like, yo, you never you yeah. see. Yeah. Stay, stay. See, you've you've avoided <laughs> them. You've avoided them on Twitter, which would be good. Because um, the, the Sasha Banks fans on Twitter, they are uh, they're the, some of the most passionate fans uh, in the world. And so yeah, very, very passionate fan base that she has. So they will follow her. They will continue to support her. And I, for WWE, I don't think they view it as a big loss for someone like me who I see Sasha as the best 
women's wrestler in, in the United States and, and the most complete performer. Becky in the second run or this uh, current run, she's she's very quickly climbing that list um, because she's been tremendous. But I think Sasha in ring overall presentation, the way she carries herself, the crossover appeal she has, I think she's top of the top when it comes to um, when it comes to the female division and she'd be number one on my draft board. Um, so whatever she wants to do, she, she would certainly be successful at that. So Jizzle says, why go to AW? which just knowingly enabled Hardy for weeks, another sloppy billionaire who doesn't care about wrestlers. We'll talk about that, uh, here in a second, but it would be a loss for WWE if they lose Sasha Banks and probably not in their minds as someone who enjoys watching her and is, She's one of the people that I like. I will tune in to stuff for when it comes to WWE. To not have that, I think, would be a, a pretty big loss, at least for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I, I think that the WWE sees it as not a big loss. She, but she, but she's she's one of those situations for the WWE where, like, I don't think that Vince and the WWE see Sasha as like a massive star or like a big loss for them. But they also didn't really want her going anywhere else. It's like that weird, like, we don't, yeah, you're not, a, you're not a big enough star for us to go all the way with, but like, you're too big of a star well, that, to go that was else. their That was their reasoning for like keeping Ali, right? Is right. They, he wanted out and they didn't, they didn't honor that. And I, I think that that was, um, I'd have to go back and look at the reports, but it was, it was what Sean said was that like, oh yeah, you know, we can't have you just like go elsewhere because we could use you, but it's like, okay, we're not really going to use you. That it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. We've seen a million times uh, people request the release over the years and it not be granted immediately. And it's like, well, what's the reasoning? The like, you're not going to use this person. They want out. Why won't you release them? If you don't see them as a big star and you're not going to use them, just just let them go uh, it's 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 strange but that's kind of the way they they do their business yeah yeah for sure so yeah um <laughs> it was it was wild like i like i said you know I, I i was feeling real sick last night and i i, I talked about it at the top of the show not feeling great this morning either but like last night i was laying there kind of like spinning just like couldn't keep my eyes closed couldn't go to sleep and then i started getting messages from jeremy like and I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? It's like, of co- of course, on a day like today, where like the 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 Vince thing breaks, it's like midnight or whatever. And I'm like, oh, and now Sasha's gotten released. Like, what a what a freaking day uh, to be a, a, in the WWE or be a WWE fan. Like that just that's that's a that's a weird one. Yesterday was a weird one. It was it was certainly a wild day, and I mean, it's been a wild week. Uh, as we move into to AEW, as it started on Monday when the, the report came out that Jeff Hardy had been arrested for DUI and driving with a suspended license as well. Uh, he had a hearing scheduled for Tuesday that got moved to July 5th. Uh, AEW did release a statement on Tuesday saying Jeff was suspended without pay and he has to go to substance abuse treatment. Um, and that's sort of where we're at. I, I think that... First and foremost, Jeff, somebody's got to help this man beyond the help he's already given. I hope he does go to some type of treatment. I think when it comes to, to this is 
you cannot get clean and healthy if it is not your choice. If you are being forced to do this stuff, it's probably not going to to work out well. I know Jeff has said a lot of the right things in the past. I know I know Matt and other people have said a lot of the right things in the past. Clearly, it, it has not worked because this is still happening. And at some point, Jeff has to help himself when it when it comes to this stuff. And Tony Khan can say, you know, he's going to treatment and everything. It's not going to matter if Jeff is not going to take the steps in treatment and outside of treatment to, to make all of this work. And it's not going to matter if the people around him do not take the steps to keep an eye on him to, and like, they should not have to babysit the, this grown man, but you kind of have to at this point, you, you kind of have to, if you see him with a drink, you have to just smack it out of his hand or something because the, the history is there and somebody has just got to help him. When it, when it comes to this, because right now it seems that he's not helping himself. Yeah. As Cam says, you can't, you can't say people that don't want to be safe. And it's true. I have, um, I have a cousin who had substance abuse issues and he went to jail and the moment he got out, he immediately was right back doing the same things. And eventually he turned things around, but it took him a while after that because a program didn't work jail didn't work and that was that so if that stuff isn't going to work if you're going to send them there and it's not going to work for them because they don't want it to work then it's just going to continue to not work so yes they have to be able to help themselves in this instance i do think he could you know just have more people being like hey no don't do this because it doesn't seem but you know based on i don't know if you saw the video of him like it seemed like he he took a drink of whiskey he said whiskey my best friend my my worst enemy um you know if you're watching that and stuff somebody's got to be like hey can we not do this you you can't expect people to be around this man 24 7 uh to watch him but there's more going on here than just oh we left him alone for five minutes and he just drank a bunch like the people have got to step in more people have got to step in and he has certainly certainly got to do a better job of, of helping himself when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of layers with, uh, with Jeff and I actually, so I'll, let me preface this by saying, I think that drinking and driving is moronic. I don't support it. I'm not, I'm not justifying anything that he's, that he's done. Um, I think that he's been incredibly irresponsible and I mean, yeah, I know, I know that, you know, obviously you're not in like the most clear head if you're going to like drink and drive to begin with, but some, I don't understand how like he doesn't always just have an Uber or like just hire a driver to like just drive him around everywhere. I mean, he's Jeff Hardy. He's, he's a multimillionaire. He's famous. Like he could easily just hire someone to just always drive him around. Um, I'll say this and I just want to, I just want to throw this out there as just, I, I do cut Jeff a lot more slack than most people. <clears throat> and this is just me personally. I'm not, and once again, I'm not justifying the drinking and driving. I'm not at all. But when it comes to his substance abuse, abuse issues that he's had for like really pretty much most of his life, it seems like probably since he was like a teenager. Um, you know, I lost my mom to breast cancer when I was 14. My brother was 11. And I know Matt and Jeff were in a very similar situation about the same age, their mom died of cancer and they went through like some really traumatic stuff growing up. 
And I could understand Jeff. Like, I feel like, oh, I think part of what, see, the reason this is so tough for someone like Jeff, I think, is because I think he's going through a lot of mental stuff that he's been going through probably for his entire life. And a lot of it probably stems from tragedy. And then on top of that, the physical pain of his in-ring wrestling style and being prescribed painkillers throughout his career and all these other things. So like he's getting it from both sides. He's probably mentally coping with a lot with, with personal issues. And he's probably physically coping with the actual pain of wrestling, not, not on top of wrestling. It's Jeff freaking Hardy. Like this is a guy who's, who's given his, I mean, outside of maybe like a Mick Foley, and even then it's, you know, it's very similar. Like these guys literally traded their physical well-being for our entertainment. Like Jeff's known for jumping off of ladders and through tables and you in, in, in hardcore matches and all this stuff, even at his age now hit the match he had with Darby and stuff. It's like, there's so, so it's just one of those things where like, I think that, that that's, I think Jeff's going, I think, he, I think mentally he's going through a lot. And I think physically he's going through a lot. And, but like Matt, like Matt can't be his babysitter all the time. And Matt's had his own problems. And like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just tough. It's just a really tough situation. Cause like, you can't justify what Jeff's doing because he's, he's risking other people's well being by getting behind the wheel and driving. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, what's the best thing for Jeff? Like, is it to be on the road and like doing music and, and keeping his mind off stuff and like getting in the ring and like getting that kind of that high from the crowd versus like that high from like drugs, or is it better for him to be at home? Like just kind of like getting clean. But at the same time, like I know from my own personal experience going through similar type things, sometimes being alone is even worse. Cause like, that's when you're like left with your thoughts and like, that's going to maybe lead to you using stuff to just pass the time. And now like, the fans aren't chanting. Scott Hall would always talk about that. What do you do when the fans stop chanting your name? You know, when you're Jeff Hardy, what do you do? You know, and and I, I think he's just in a really tough spot mentally and physically, and and he's in he's in a trap where his escape is pro wrestling, but pro wrestling I think is adding to the problems. But for him to go home, the problems might get worse. So like I I don't know what the solution is. I really don't because like it's easy to say, um, it's easy to say. Well, we got to just keep getting him help, keep getting him programs. Blah, blah, blah. But like you said, you can do a million of those. How many times have we seen like someone like Bam Margera go to go to rehab and just like escape rehab? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, cause they just don't want to be there. You know, like there's nothing you can do if they, no, there's nothing anyone can do if, the, if, if you don't want to get help. There's nothing that anyone else can do for you. You have to want to get help. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel, I do feel bad for Jeff. I think he's made some really bad decisions though. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad for him. Like as far as like getting caught, because I'm glad he got caught because he can't be out there drinking and driving stupid. It's it's, it's dumb thing. I don't condone it at all, but like, but I, but at the same time, I don't know how you help. Cause I mean, this has also been an ongoing thing. I mean, the first time he got released from the WWE was, was what, like 2003 or something. I mean, like, yes. you know? And like, so this has been a thing and that was back when he wouldn't go to rehab then. And and then he went off to TNA and stuff. And like, it's been a thing throughout Jeff's career. I mean, with, with impact and stuff. So it's like, he'll, he'll have these runs where like, he'll get, or at least we think that he's sober and he'll, I remember him doing that interview with Steve Austin 
And then also, because like he did the interview with Austin and then like weeks later, it was like he was out of the WWE for like walking out of the match and stuff. But this is also, I have to, I have to throw this out there too for this situation because I, I have to, I have to be fair about this. You know, a lot of us gave the WWE a lot of shit for how Jeff was handled on his way out this, this last time, but they might've been right. You know, a lot of people joked about it a lot of on, on BTE, the young bucks did a bunch of skits about pissing in a cup and, and, and walking out of matches and uh, kind of people made fun of it and made fun of the WWE and, and said the WWE was, was wrong for treating Jeff like that. They might've been right. They really might've been right. Um, and I have to give them credit for that. Maybe, maybe they saw the issues that Jeff was going through and they did try to get him help and, uh, Jeff didn't want the help. And instead of like owning up to that in the situation, he made it seem like the WWE was crazy and they were treating him unfairly when in reality, they might've actually just been trying to help him. So, um, so I wanted to throw that out there too, you know, for all the, all the bad things I say about the WWE, you know, I, it's very possible that they were trying to get ahead of this thing and like help Jeff and he didn't want the help. And we all took Jeff's side, but in reality, WWE really might've been trying to help him. So. Uh, so Jizzle says allowing addict to destroy his body is enabling. Sure. I think WWE could have certainly booked him better. I do think WWE did a good job of, Hey, don't go out there and just do a bunch of crazy stuff every single night. And when it comes to AEW, they treated Jeff Hardy like Jeff Hardy, like attitude era, Jeff Hardy, go do all the, you know, crazy stunts and spots that you're, you're known for. And everyone loves you for and Jeff's not going to say no to a lot of this stuff. I'm sure Jeff probably wanted to do a lot of this stuff because like you said, he enjoys the, those kind of things. And that is a rush for him that, you know, you got to let Jeff be Jeff. Um, I think it could have been handled better by AEW to try to slow him down a little bit instead of immediately throwing in him in this match after this match after this match. And, and I said as much when it came to like the, the Derby match of just like, okay, you're just doing a lot of crazy stuff in a short period of time right now. And it's like, hey, maybe slow down and just work the like a, a trios match that, you know, you, you don't have to take too many bumps and everything out there. You just don't have to do all this stuff all the time. But I think the biggest thing here is that Jeff has got to help himself when it comes to this stuff. And if he's not going to want to help himself, it doesn't matter what anybody else wants to do. We saw, we saw John Moxley, John Moxley checked himself into the the program and he looks better than ever when it comes to this stuff. If, if people saw Moxley like that and they tried to force it on him and it wasn't going to happen, then it wasn't going to happen somebody jeff has got to help himself everybody can do what they can they can all take their they can all put their best foot forward they can all take the the best steps to try to help him but if he's going to refuse this and he's just going to keep doing what he's doing it's not really going to matter um so i hope jeff gets the help he needs um he shouldn't be back on television he shouldn't be back in, in wrestling until he does get this and not only that but like when he is back it should be a slow and steady thing i don't want to see him back and then it's like here's jeff hardy in a ladder match don't do that all right just if he's gonna come back take it slow and steady with him and just let him work and he's got to prove himself he's burned a lot of chances throughout his career and he's gotten a lot of chances because he is still so popular with the crowd, but he's burned now really his, his biggest chance, his big last run. And he can't just come back and be like, all right, it's Jeff Hardy all over again. Let's go. Let's, let's do this big last Hardy boys reunion run. Like, no, 
it, you've got to take it slow with this guy. And he's got to prove that like he's healthy, he's clean, he's good to go because the history is there. The pattern is there and none of it looks good. And he is, like you said, he's very fortunate with it, as many times as this happened that it hasn't been worse for him or somebody else because getting in, into a car, getting behind a wheel this many times uh, with in a non-sober condition, it could have been much worse for him and for somebody else. So he's very fortunate for that. And I would hope, you know, I would have hoped this after the first time, second time, I hope that he, he realizes this and I hope that he, he, he has a wife, he has kids like that should change your perspective on stuff. I know it's changed mine since I've gotten involved with kids. Like, yeah, I can't be doing stuff that I did as a single person because I'm now putting my family at risk when, when I do these things. So you just, you've got to change, you've got, you've got to change your habits, but it's not going to happen unless you're willing to change your own habits. And it doesn't matter how many people try to push it upon you. You've got to be willing to do it uh, yourself. Uh, DeAndre leaves us a, a super chat. He says, I'm going to dip out. Thanks for the show. I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the show. Jeremy, you are awesome. Steven, always, you're the best. Hope you feel better soon. Thanks, DeAndre. Appreciate the support, buddy. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So yeah, that, um, that's kind of where I'm at with Jeff. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, he's, he's like 45 years old for, for wrestling. That's old or, you know, you know, but like he's still a relatively young guy. Like, I hope that he can have like a nice life after wrestling to to some degree. You know, and I honestly, I love Jeff Hardy. I really do. I really do. I'm I I, I hope he gets the help he needs, and that and and I hope that he he can turn this around. I would it would break my heart, man. It really would. It would break my heart to 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 to, to see the headline of like, you know, 45 year old Jeff Hardy died from overdose or something. You know what I mean? Like it would just be terrible. Um, so I hope he gets the help he needs. I'm always going to be a Jeff Hardy fan, even though he's made some bonehead decisions. I'm always going to support the guy to a degree. I don't support the drunk driving. Like I said, I, I can't make that. I can't stress that enough. I, I hate drunk driving. I think it's one of the stupidest things somebody can do, but I, I do, I do hope Jeff, gets the help he needs and and whether he ever wrestles again or not like maybe maybe he's better off in like a backstage type role at this point right like help the next generation without having to be in the ring and take all the physical damage yourself like you know figure something out to still be involved if you want to be involved but like yeah they got to get it figured out this can't keep happening like it's happened way too many times with jeff and and if he wasn't such a star, he wouldn't have had this many chances. But like he's such a oh, massive yeah. star in the world of wrestling that like he keeps getting chance after chance and company after company. I mean, let's be honest, <clears throat> this isn't good. This isn't this isn't the right thing in my opinion. But this is just the honest to god truth. If AEW released Jeff Hardy and he wanted to keep wrestling, guarantee there's promoters that would book him. So you know what yeah, I mean? Like, 100%. so I mean, um. You know, this is what it is. Someone asked how old we are. We're about 34. I'm 33. Don't age me, Steven Jensen. <laughs> what, what, what month is your birthday? September. Okay. So I'm 34. Jeremy's 33. Um, yeah. We're, all, we're both both too old to be this invested in wrestling. That's for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, man, it's paying bills for me. So I'm good. Right. Sean Ross Sapp is saying that I'm riding around on gold scooters and everything, which it, which is not true. Oh, by the but, way, I watched I watched uh, most of that interview with Jared. By the way, good good interview. I was I was working yesterday. 
Um, I got zero mention during that. I just want to throw that out there. I think y'all talked about. I think I think they talked about everybody else ever that's worked for Fightful except for except for me. So um, that's Sean's fault. Sean should have brought you up. That's all his fault. It's all right. I'm not that salty about it. Just a little <laughs> bit salty. Um, when I but, when uh, I sit down with Jared, I will make sure to mention you, Stephen Jensen. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I. I there's really not more much more I can add to the Jeff stuff. I just I I'm rooting for him to to turn it around. But I've also been saying that for like literally two decades. So like you know, I just I hope me I hope this is the time where it works, but who knows? Uh in actual wrestling, actual like what we see on television. <laughs> right. Um tra- what a transition there. Uh New AEW Tag Team Champions were crowned last night in a ladder match. The Young Bucks defeated uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. And, you know, it was originally supposed to be with the Hardys, and then everything happened with Jeff, so they got pulled from the match, and then they just did a a tag team ladder match. The Young Bucks won, first ever two-time tag team champions in AEW, and then after the bout, Christian did his big turn on Jungle Boy. I was not surprised. Um... I was I was not surprised. What, what report in the title? What are we? It says Sasha Banks reported. Sean Ross Sapp's in here just trying to yell at us. Uh, it says Sean. He didn't bring up an interview with Jared. You might have just missed. Yeah, that, but, Sean. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Jeez. everyone else in the history of Fightful got a shout out during that show except for me. Um, <laughs> so wait, we got to put report. Wait, wait, I don't even know what the title of our of our. I don't know. Is. Sean is just being a jerk, just coming in here. I'm surprised he didn't just pop into the chat or pop into the stream to be a jerk to us um jungle boy got turned on by christian the the uh the the young bucks are the tag team champions there we go that's it what well, do we got to say about this Jensen? well the young bucks are the tag team champions and then also christian turned. so like that's this is kind of a double topic here so yes um the young bucks i i there's a there's a definite argument that can be made for FTR being the best tag team in the world, for sure. But in my opinion, it's the Young Bucks. Like I I'm the most entertained by the Young Bucks of any tag team. I love that they've won the tag team titles again. I thought the match was really really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, I I think that what we're heading towards is like a giant unification match between the Young Bucks and FTR, like because there's all these belts now that are going to be on the line. Um, Especially if, if FTR, if they do FTR winning the IWGP tag titles at forbidden door, which I feel like they could potentially do, then we're looking at potentially, you know, the young bucks versus the Hardys with like five title belts on the line, which I think would be pretty cool. Um, So yeah, I wanted to shout out the, I'm sorry. What did I say? You said the Hardys. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes. Young bucks versus FTR. Um, yeah. And one also, you know, speaking of the Hardys though, this is another example. I always bring up the, the sting versus Cody not happening in AEW because they felt like they had all the time in the world. The Jeff Hardy stuff is kind of the one, the same lines of like, they had all these plans for the Hardys. I think the Hardys were going to probably be the next tag team champions. If, if this wouldn't have happened. Um, but like, I feel like you just got to do stuff now when you have the chance, cause you have no guarantee of like how long people are going to be around in your company nowadays. You just don't, um, 
but yeah, I thought the Young Bucks match uh, or the Young Bucks winning the title was was great. I thought the match was awesome, and Christian finally turned, which we uh, we've been waiting for for like over a year. And I thought it was really smart, really good storytelling, um, and so and it was the most obvious outcome. Like Christian turning on Jungle Boy was what we were all expecting to see, but in wrestling, I don't. I, I love that when it when things just make sense. Like they didn't need to have some big swerve and have like Luchasaurus be the one to turn or like Jungle Boy be the one to turn. I mean, just for the sake of like throwing us off or swerving us, like they went with the obvious story, which was the right story, and they they paid it off. And now we're heading towards Jungle Boy versus Christian one on one, and I think that it's going to be a great match. And, and at the end of the day, I think all of this is just the catalyst to, to basically getting, I mean, the whole thing, even this whole last you know year of Christian being involved with Jurassic Express, the whole idea I think is ultimately getting jungle boy over more. Like he'll win the feud with Christian of, of you know, eventually. And jungle boy, I think is going to go on to be a really big single star for AEW. So I think that like this is accomplishing a lot and I think it was done the right way. So uh, the only thing I didn't like about this story, the only thing is that Marco stunt just like disappeared and Christian like took his place and there was just never any mention of Marco ever again. Like I just, I feel like he had kind of, he got shafted so bad in his AEW run. Like when they put out that Jurassic Express two pack, and like didn't put him in there as a three pack and stuff. I got so mad about that. I'm like, this is <laughs> they they did him so dirty. Um, but uh but yeah, so how did you feel about it? Young Bucks winning the tag titles and then Christian turning. I'm all for the Young Bucks winning the tag titles. I think they've been the best team in AEW and in wrestling since they since they've turned heel. Um I, I've really enjoyed their their work from a character's perspective. And then in ring, like they've been they've been the Young Bucks in the ring right uh but his characters that's always when I, i've had my uh my kind of gripes with them but they're such great dickish heels and they're trolling and everything they're they're so good at that so i've really enjoyed their heel run and i think it is the best call to, to put the belts on them it was time for drastic express to lose them it's not that their run like from a match perspective they were having good matches i don't think their their stories were that great because a lot of it was just like thrown together like you know the the I mean, just look at this year. Their pay-per-view match at Revolution was a three-way where the big story was actually Young Bucks and Undisputed Elite, right? Red Dragon, sorry. Uh, like, that was the team that was just like, oh, Jurassic Express just thrown in here. This latest three-way was, the big story was Team uh, FTW, or Team Taz against um, Swerve and Keith Lee. Like, they were feuding. It's like, let's just throw in the tag team titles on top of this. Like, that's kind of been the stories. It felt like they were just throwing to a lot of stuff. So their run was fine from a match perspective from a story perspective there wasn't a ton going on and the story really was like christian and jungle boy the underlying tension with everything going on there christian heel turn all for it he's great he's such a great dickish heel like just smarmy little comments like the the facial expressions he gives you know last night he's like you raised the piece of shit like uh tell telling that to jungle boy's parents like he's so so great at this stuff this is a, a big test for for jungle boy and i do think he will in the ring i'm not worried about him at all like he's a great in-ring wrestler he said it before in the past that um you know he he's not comfortable on promos we've seen him early in his AEW run he has not been comfortable on promos he's gotten better over the years especially since being aligned uh with christian 
but this is a different test than okay let let me cut a little backstage promo a two segment or a, a two a two second uh little promo against you know the ass boys walk up or whatever and i got christian by my side jungle boy is kind of standing on his own right now and you know lucha luchasaurus ain't carrying no promos jungle boy standing on his own and he's standing on his own against christian cage who is one of the best when it comes to the mic i've i've always i've loved the mic work of christian um he's one of the best and i don't think this is going to be christian's intention i definitely think christian wants to help jungle boy as much as possible christian cage can truck people on the mic all right if you're not on your a game against him on the mic you're you're done because he can he can just eviscerate you with, with his comments and his looks and his expressions I don't think that'll be his intention, but Christian's also going to be Christian and he's going to, you know, on television, that's who he's going to be. And if jungle boy is not up for that challenge, it might not look great when it comes to their, their mic work Um, in the ring. I think it'll be a great match, but I do worry a little bit of how jungle boy is going to hold up on the mic when he's going up against Christian in some of these segments, if they do like one-on-one type face off, if it's just, Christian does his thing. Jungle Boy does his thing. Maybe it won't look so bad. But if they have, like... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply head-to-head type thing like face-to-face type thing it, it might not jungle boy might not look come out of that looking so great unless it's like a pre-tape thing and they can go through it so it's a big step it's a big big step for jungle boy do you think the jungle boy would be better served to have like a manager talk for him or do you think like it's too important for him to like get over how they want him to, I to think, be able to talk himself i think we could learn that with this feud I, it, you know, there's a good possibility that he does hold his own. And I, look, he's not going to defeat Christian on the mic unless Christian just hands him some victories here. Uh, but there's a possibility that he he looks fine. He does well. And it's like, oh, yeah, you can see you can see it's there with him. And there's also the possibility where it's like, OK, it's not there. He probably needs some type of mouthpiece for him. This is a big test for jungle boy when it comes to showing what he can do on the microphone in these segments. See, I think this would have been like a really good role for like a Joey Janela. Like, you know what I mean? Like someone like that to like, really, I know he's not in the company anymore, but like, but I I'm with, I, I think that, um, I, I like jungle boy a lot. I'm very impressed by him, but yeah, his promos do come across just not great usually, but Hey, maybe that's going to get better. And, and him working with Christian, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I like Christian as a heel way better than as a baby face. So like yeah. this, you know, I think this accomplished a lot. And by the way, I'm going to go, <clears throat> I'm going to do like a half day at work, I think. 
so we can go a little bit long here um, okay because i know we still got uh, a lot of topics left but um but yeah uh but it's one of those things too where it's like we we totally saw the turn coming for christian but it still hit like you know what i mean we knew it was coming but like it's still totally delivered the payoff totally delivered last night so you know, good good on AEW for the long term storytelling too, and sticking to it, and and not looking at the internet and seeing, oh, when's Christian going to turn? When's Christian? Oh, of course Christian's going to turn. It's a matter of time before Christian turns, and them just being like, yep, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know. Sometimes, sometimes the best things in wrestling are the most obvious things because you're just clamoring for it, and then when it happens, like maybe you're not as surprised, but it's what works because it makes sense. A swerve to just to do a swerve doesn't appeal to anybody doesn't work a lot of times and a lot of times it'll just end up backfiring so yeah everyone knew it was coming doesn't matter still worked um and i'm, I'm very much looking forward to the heel christian run because like, i love i love christian i i think i've worn a christian cage shirt on for like one of our interviews but it was hidden um yeah he, he's been one of my favorites for for a long time so much better than that little bitch edge so good on christian <laughs> can't wait for this heel run cannot wait this he'll run others spotlight steven jensen impact slammiversary is this sunday it's one of the biggest shows of the year for impact they have great matches they got uh the ultimate x is back the queen of the mountain which we discussed i believe last week we discussed queen of the mountain a little bit um and headlining is josh alexander against eric young for the impact world title who cares about all that stuff the reverse battle royal is back it's on the pre-show for some reason when it should be headlining. Not sure why it's not headlining. This is the dumbest match concept in the history of wrestling. That's probably not true, but it feels like it when you watch this. As you watch all these guys struggle to try to like climb into the ring. It's like, why can't you just get in there? This match concept is so absurd, so stupid, and yet I love it because it's right up my alley in terms of absurdity and stupidity. I love stupid shit in wrestling because wrestling overall should have stupid shit. Like it, it's sports entertainment, right? Like it should have some concept of dumbness. And this is clearly, I think impact probably knows like, Hey, this is sort of stupid, but it's one of those tongue in cheeks. We know it's dumb. We're just going to do it. Just uh, JJ's pumping his fist. We're going to do it for people like Jeremy Lambert who enjoy this kind of dumb shit. Like that, that's who we're going to do it for. We're going to do it for him because he's going to talk about it on the hit show, The Spotlight on Fightful. And that is why we're doing this match. So thank you, Impact. Thank you, Scott Amore. Gracias. Much love. Namaste. Whatever. Thank you, guys. Can't wait for Impact Slammiversary pre-show. Don't give a fuck about the pay-per-view. Pre-show. Everybody tune in. Well, there you go. And uh, post-show... So y'all know uh, this Sunday, myself, Denise Salcedo will be right here on Fightful for the post show. Um, I hope I feel a lot better by then. I'm supposed to be doing a lot this weekend. Like I'm supposed to be on True Heel Heat on Saturday and, and stuff. Tell so Denise I'm... Salcedo to quit ducking me. All right. When you, when you talk she, to her on Sunday. What do you mean? Was she she just said, she ignores me. She, she won't, <laughs> she won't do shows with me. She rescheduled. She just big times me. Hollywood Salcedo. Mm-hmm. Is always big time. She forgot where she came from. She forgot we did one NXT post show together. She forgot that when she needed someone to do Taylor Swift podcast on five minutes notice, she could message me and, and I was there for her. You know, 
That's a, the money should have changed her, and it did. She did sh- forget where she came from. That's a Kanye West lyric against the Swifty Denise Salcedo. Take that, Hollywood Salcedo. Kick well, there you the go. Um, that all said, uh, Sunday night, me and Denise uh, impact post show. So uh, join us after Slam anniversary as we uh, as we break everything down. But um, yeah, so the, the reverse battle royal, yeah, it's one of the dumbest uh, match concepts for people who might not know. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's literally a bunch of people outside the ring, and like you're fighting to get into the ring. <laughs> Which is really dumb. So dumb. Um, it's right up there with like Feast and Fire. That's another one that that I think, or Feast or Fire. I think that's like one of the yeah, worst. Yeah, bring concepts. that back. Because yeah, you're fighting. You're fighting for briefcases that might have your release contract, your release papers inside the inside the briefcase. Um, yeah, there's some bad ones. I mean, even like King of the Mountain and Queen of the Mountain. Like, I don't think that's like the best idea. It's kind of convoluted, but like it could make for an entertaining match. I think the Queen of the Mountain has a lot of really good talent in it, so it should be it should be good. But yeah, it's funny. I was I was talking to Doug on Tuesday on our show, and I was like, I didn't even know that the Reverse Battle Royal was on the card at the time, and I was joking about how bad of an idea the Reverse Battle Royal is. And then we started going through the matches, and I was like. Oh shit! They're they're doing this on the same anniversary again. No way. Um, so yeah, uh, reverse battle royal coming back. I don't. I don't even know. I, there's not really not much more I can add to that. Like I don't know who's gonna win or even make a prediction. I don't know who's in the match. I don't, I don't think. I don't think they've announced. I don't think that. they've announced it. Yeah, I don't think they've they've announced it. Chris Bay's right. Chris Bay's not booked for this show, by the way. For for some reason. He should be yeah. in this match. He should win it. I don't know what you win. JJ says all the slam anniversary is missing is the barbed wire Christmas tree. If they do not do a Christmas episode this year with the barbed wire Christmas tree, then th- this is a failure of a year for Impact. They've had a good run this year. They've done some very good stuff, all right? But it all hinges on the barbed wire Christmas tree. It all hinges with putting the Santa on top. That's what needs to happen. The The tree is nice. By, by, by Christmas, they'll probably have it nicely decorated. doesn't matter. That tree is incomplete. If they don't do the barbed wire Christmas tree, which is the Santa on top of the tree. Scott Demore listens to this. He knows. I'll shoot him a message. You shoot him a message, JJ. I know you got a direct line to Scott Demore. Shoot him a message. Tell him to do the barbed wire Christmas tree. And we'll be good. Shark Boy should win the reverse battle royal. I think he's wrestling. Uh, it, it, something coming up, like an AIW event or something. I should probably go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah, yeah I, I think I think he's wrestling somewhat soon. Give, give me Scott, uh, Scott. Give me Shark Boy. Give me D Ray three thousand. Monty Brown. The show needs Monty Brown at some point this year as well. But I think he's done out of, uh, yeah. of wrestling. Just give me all the. It's the twenty year anniversary of Impact, right? Give me all the hits from the TNA era. That's what I want. Give me the 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 barbed wire Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot of people they could go back to. Um, I mean, I know even one of their matches, the TNA originals is there's like a two open spots. I'm hoping that winds up being America's most wanted. Um, JJ says relic. I thought about him as well. Hey, did, you know that, yeah. uh, did y'all know that relic is killer backwards? Yeah. It's killer spelled backwards. Fun fact. I about that. Not many, not many people know that. Yeah. Not many people know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, also, that was Johnny Samboli, wasn't it? I think Probably. so. I'm pretty sure that was Johnny Samboli. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot of options from TNA's past. I mean, that was a good shot with D-Ray 3000. I remember that guy. Hell yeah. Um, 
Remember Jarrell Clark, six thirty. Jarrell Clark. Yeah, Mister Six Thirty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. I remember. I remember those early days of TNA. I, I love that stuff. Um, I would. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see Shark Boy involved. He was always like an underrated worker. He just shell, goofy yeah. gimmick, but he was a good worker. Yeah, shell, shell, oh shell, yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold Shark Boy. That made no sense. <laughs> um. And yeah, everyone would pop at Monty Brown. I mean, that would be. But like, don't throw Monty Brown in the reverse battle royal, though. He deserves way better. Put him in the world title match and finally put the belt on him after two decades of, of missing the boat on that. They need to uh, make a deal with the NWA to have. Oh, we'll talk about this is kind of a good transition, but because um, that was the belt that Monty never won was the NWA TNA title. Like, I'd much rather see. Monty Brown is the is the NWA champion after not wrestling for you know a decade plus than what they're doing right now. Um, do you want to get into that now? NWA yeah, we can we can go with that. If you don't have anything else to say about the greatest match ever, Sonny Siaki is a good show. Ooh, uh, if you don't yeah. have anything, oh, dude, they tried so hard to make him the Rock. They did. They no. did. <laughs> yeah. If we have nothing else to add on the verse battle royal, everyone watch Impact Slammiversary, just the pre-show. You can buy the pay-per-view if you want. I'm sure it'll be fine, but watch the reverse battle royal. That's going to be my spotlight next week is the dumb reverse battle royal. Can't wait to praise it. Um, yeah, your other spotlight for this week is the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it was vacated by Matt Cardona at Always Ready, and it set up a four-way. So your suggestion, and this was almost correct, Stephen. <laughs> it was almost correct. Last week, you said that, oh, it's probably just going to be like Aaron Stevens, Trevor Murdoch winner, that's going to face Nick Aldis for the title at, at Always Ready. And it almost was. Instead, it was a four-way match with Aldis, Murdoch, Sam Shaw, and Tom Lattimore. But Trevor Murdoch won. And so Trevor Murdoch is once again the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. They're going straight up the middle. They're trying. Murdoch, with his first run, he feuded with Mike Knox. And with this run, I don't know. The talent is what it is with NWA. It ain't there. If they had a plan, if they could get somebody in, this would have been the time. It makes me believe they just couldn't pull off anything. They either couldn't pull it off or they are so steadfast in their belief of let's be a throwback. Let's go with the old school guys that they just weren't going to, they weren't going to do that. And either way, it's not good. Either they couldn't get somebody or they think this is good enough for the fan, the wrestling fans in 2022. Trevor Murdoch. I think he's good. I have no issue with him. It's not inspired me. It wasn't inspired me last year when he won it. It's not inspired me. I guess it was last year. Uh, it's not inspiring me now when he gets it back. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of shows you the state of the NWA where like this was their best option at the time. And it's like, I've said it before. Like I, I like Trevor Murdoch a lot more than most probably do. Like, I think he's actually perfect for the NWA brand. Um, and he's a decent worker. Like, he's not a bad worker, um, you know. But it's, you know, it, Matt Cardona was a great champion for them, mainly because of, of his social media following and all the buzz that he brings and, and all the companies he works in. And you really don't get any of that with Trevor Murdoch. Um, but to be fair, you don't get really any of that with, like, anyone else that's a regular performer for the national wrestling Alliance right now. Um, 
And dude, by the way, that Aaron Stevens and Murdoch match, did you see like I've never seen something like that happen before where like Stevens like boot got caught in the in the turnbuckle when he tried to jump off the top rope and he just like fell straight down and it's like this is bizarre. Like if that really was Aaron Stevens' last match, that was a weird one to go out on because he pretty much got like squashed by Murdoch. Um well, they had to set up Murdoch as a strong world champion. True. I mean, that's true, um, I, I guess. Even though he's been the champion before, but it's still, you know. But here's the thing. Given the circumstances, like, I don't think it would have been smart to put the belt on Sam Shaw. Um, I don't think that it, like, we've seen Nick Aldis for, as a champion, like, long enough that I don't think it's smart to go back to that. And, uh and Tom Latimer, I think Tom Latimer will probably be the first challenger for Murdoch. I can see Latimer potentially winning the title since he hasn't had it yet. But yeah, just not um not the most exciting kind of main event scene, unfortunately, for the NWA. But Murdoch is once again the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Uh I think he probably was the best option though, if I'm being honest, like of all the people that like they did have access to that night, he's the one who probably does make the most sense to win the match. But where do you go from here? Like him and Latimer just doesn't seem like that, that big of a deal. And then after that, like there's just not a whole, a whole real list. And maybe when Cardona comes back, but who knows how long that'll be. So it's yeah, not, not, not a great, not a great situation for the NWA. I mean, that whole show was kind of weird. And like Tyrus in that, that match with Mims. He's like, like, he's a mobile. Awful. He's awful. And apparently Mims got a concussion, a dislocated shoulder, an elbow injury. I I don't know if this is all on Tyrus, but it's not good when this man comes out of this match with three injuries and Tyrus is taken. He's moving at about one step per hour. Like he yeah. is awful. And he's still like, they kept the title on him. The, things like this are just such horrible looks for the NWA. I mean, Murdoch is champion. Sure, whatever. There's nothing wrong with Trevor Murdoch. Good good worker. Fine promo. And it's not inspiring me in 2022. But to have Tyrus on your roster, to have him as a champion, to have him in a match that goes over two seconds is it, just... It's incompetence. It's honestly incompetence as a company to, to try to present yourself as a good wrestling company when you have shit like that on your show. And I don't understand what they're doing. This is why they're at where they're at. And they'll probably stay where they're at because who cares about, about Tyrus? No, it's not good when he's in the ring. It's not even that people don't care. Like it's, it's fine. Like there are workers who aren't that great, but they have some type of connection or they're like, they're a good promo or something. But this man has been in the business for years has only gotten worse. And your promotion just looks not even second rate, not even third rate. Like it looks, it looks unprofessional when you have that guy in the ring doing these things. Like it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. The finish was terrible. He like countered like a He's punch terrible. into the heart punch. It was so bad. He's yeah. terrible. Um uh ever the villain mentions that 
and this is true. I think that Billy Corgan likes uh, that title belt on Fox News Daily. But the problem with that is there's a lot of the wrestling fan base that does not like Fox News. So like, it is the, I don't I don't know how much this actually helps them. Yeah, what um, are you gaining because the belt is on Fox News? Like, what what are you actually gain? Is that what you want your company to be? The Fox News of wrestling? Like, what are what are you gaining by doing this? I. They gain nothing, and it only makes their company look worse. And he's injuring people. He's injuring people now. If, if Mims is, I got to put some of this responsibility on Tyrus. I don't think Mims goes out there and suffers all of this just because he's a bad worker and, and he doesn't understand how to take bumps and stuff. This is on Tyrus as well. True. And ever the villain says, "I never said Billy was smart." LMAO. That's fair. I'm not. I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying that. Like, I think that. I think that you're probably right about that, but like, it's about the reason, but it's, it's like, you know, it's just, why would, I don't know. I don't know why, why Billy Corgan would think like of all the places. Cause I I'm, I'm very, like, I'm not a political guy, like at all. I stay pretty much completely out of politics. I don't like Fox news any more than I would like CNN or whatever. I don't, I don't really have a side in any of this. I really don't like politics, but like, I do know for sure that like a lot of wrestling fans are not Republican. So a lot of wrestling fans are going to be totally turned off by the idea of Tyrus, uh, not only being on Fox news, but like being the champion and carrying that belt on Fox news. Like it just, um, you know, so it's just, just is what it is. But yeah, um, I thought that NWA always ready show was kind of a miss uh, overall and, they did the best they could with what they had, I guess, but that's just kind of sad that they're in that kind of state of affair, I guess, with the, with the company that they're in a, they're in a pickle and they need to figure out something big to do with Cardona having to vacate the title. And the best they have is what we got. And it's like, man, you couldn't, you couldn't find like one like real star outside of this to bring in for at least a couple nights, you know, like, and obviously they couldn't cause they went with what they went with. So um, that said, Congratulations to Trevor Murdoch. Like I, I, I have nothing against him. I really don't. I'm glad that he won the title. I, like I said, I think of all the options they had that night, Murdoch was the best option to win the title. Totally fine with it. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this they're kind of right back to where they were. I mean, Murdoch was the champion before Cardona was, and you know, they're just kind of right back to where they were. And we'll see with the NWA. Look, I. I can't possibly care about about the company, honestly. And you cover it, own. right? You're the one putting the results up for no. Not, well, I used to you for anymore. a while, no, and then I made somebody else do it. I used to watch it. I used to like watch the show live. Like I would watch the show as it was airing, and then I finally got smart about things and and decided not to do that. Uh, it's it's tough sledding for for that company. It really is. Cardona felt like a little bit of a shot in the arm because Cardona can sell himself and he's going to take that belt everywhere. Murdoch, it did not inspire me in 2022. Uh, well, good luck. Straight up the middle with Billy Corgan. Indy Spotlight, Stephen Jensen. John Moxley, Speedball Mike Bailey, headlined uh, Wrestling Revolver, Stranger Things on Saturday. And... I thought this match ruled Speedball as another one to his his match of the year candidacy, his wrestler of the year candidacy, his match of the year resume. Uh, Moxley, it was a kind of a clash of styles 
going into it. Like when you when you look at these two guys, Speedball is he's, he's going to work at his pace, right? Very fast pace. Moxley a little bit more methodical, a little bit more grinding, a little bit more gritty. It's like, oh, how's this going to work out? And it worked out just fine because these two are excellent professional wrestlers. Moxley was able to slow down Speedball a little bit. And, you know, Moxley can work a technical game as well as he showed in this match. And Speedball, when he sped things up, it worked to his advantage. They went out into the crowds. Speedball did the, the dive off of the uh, the speaker system and everything. And then it, I love the finishing stretch where, where Moxley hits the knee and Speedball just fires up and it's the kick and then the rebound clothesline. Gotch style pile driver, uh, dirty deeds, uh, rough rider, whatever, whatever he's uh, calling it nowadays. Um, it, that, that was the end of it. But just a, another excellent match from these guys. And John Moxley, when he does these independent shows, man, if you're not watching this guy on these shows, I really think you're missing out on something special because his presence when he goes to these shows, he is treated like the biggest star in the world. He acts like the biggest star in the world. There's just a different energy when he is on these shows and speedball. I mean, he, but like I said, he's, he's my wrestler of the year. It's tough to look at this guy and all in his resume this year and be like, yeah, this guy hasn't put in the best matches in 2022. I don't know if he's going to win it because outside of impact, like he has had the most like high profile matches, you know, television wise, he hasn't had the, he hasn't had that like standout match on television on pay-per-view. But if you look at top to bottom, this this year, it's going to be tough to deny this man. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, he had a really good that triple threat exhibition match on the last Impact pay per view. I want to say maybe it was the last Impact Plus show. I can't remember. But he he's had some really good matches in Impact. But like, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like he, it, it's it's cool because it's like Speedball kind of outside the mainstream i think he's i think he's wrestler of the year and then like within mainstream i think that there's like a real case that could be made for john moxley so like you kind of have like the top of the mainstream right now versus like the top of the indies if you want to call it that and so yeah it's kind of a dream match i mean speedball ever since he's been able to get back in the united states he's been on just an absolute run i mean um I know that Fightful put up a, uh, a tweet a little while back, just like a week or so ago, about like mid-year awards, pretty much, like best wrestler of the year and, and best match and so on and so forth. And I, I put Speedball as wrestler of the year up to this point. Um, but I also, obviously, I watch a lot of independent wrestling, but like I I think that Speedball has been can't miss. Um, and Moxley, I feel the same way, but, you know, whether it be and, and here's the thing, Moxley in the mainstream when it comes to AEW, he's that guy for sure, and with New Japan. But um, on the indies, he's killing it. Like what, wherever he shows up, um, obviously he's still the GCW champion, and he's he's done blood sport and a whole bunch of indie shows, and that's really when he's like in his element. It feels like like because he's doing that for the love of the game. Like yeah, I I have no idea what he gets paid to do those shows, but at the end of the day, he doesn't need the money. Like he makes millions wrestling for AEW. Like I, he doesn't need, he doesn't need to do this stuff and he loves it. And that's why I think that it's really unlikely he'd ever go back to the WWE because he wouldn't be able to do any of this, this other stuff that he gets to do outside of AEW. And I feel like he, I'm sure he loves AEW, like with the crowds and, and the, the, the viewership and all that stuff. But 
I feel the the way that I feel about it, I feel like he's way more in his element on the indies. Like he's really kind of feeling himself and he's like, he's really, I don't know. It, it's, it's just, it's cool. Cause he's like, you said, he's always treated like it's a really, really big deal and it's really special. And we're all really lucky to have him on these other indie shows. So um, yeah, him and speedball. I mean, I, I, I love both guys. I can't say enough good things about both of them. And uh, yeah, when it comes to like AEW, I think John Moxley is way up there as wrestler of the year right now. When it comes to to the Indies, I, I think it's probably Speedball right now. And and Moxley is kind of in both worlds once again because he does wrestle a lot of Indies and GCW champion and stuff. But like, yeah, just awesome, awesome stuff from both guys, um, as you'd expect. But keep giving me the dream matches. Just keep giving me people I want to see wrestle each other. Like I, that that that'll keep me happy all day. Like. Whether I like what's going on in the WWE or not, which usually I don't nowadays, unfortunately, and, and whether, you know, whatever's going on in Impact or, you know, AEW, AEW almost always hits, so if I'm being honest. But, like, you know, I always know I've got the indies. And, like, Speedball is, dude, like, his match with Ninja Mac a few months ago was incredible. Like, where they, like, did that bump off the, like, the like the Mortal Kombat style, like, crane kick yeah. bump off the, I mean, it's just... I, yeah, I I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very big fan. Um, and y'all could actually listen. We we interviewed Speedball a while back here on the show. If you missed it, um, super nice guy as well. So, um, yeah, big fan of Moss, big big uh, fan of Speedball for sure. And I think uh, Speedball man. could very well Speedball might win that division title this this Sunday. I think it's possible. Yeah, he's going to be an Ultimate X, and I do think this could be a big for his Wrestler of the Year candidacy because it is a it is a big match on a high profile show. The problem with it is like it's Ultimate X, and there's a lot of guys in it, and so usually you need that like standout television like singles match to really kind of kind of put you over Ultimate X with so many guys. It's hard to just have be like, oh yeah, Speedball was the reason this match was so great. But he's built up enough goodwill and enough of a resume this year. It's like, oh yeah, Speedball's in this. It, it's it's great for that reason and um, plenty other factors when it comes to the, the talent that is in this match. And as uh, Raven Johnson points out, Mike fought uh, Konosuke Takeshka. T- uh, I'm going to mess that up, but he fought him a uh, day before. Yeah, he fought him at uh, WrestlePro uh, or West Coast Pro, sorry, uh, West Coast Pro um, the, the day before. And I've not seen that match, but I would imagine that was an absolute banger of a match as well. So I'm probably going to have to check that out very soon. JJ said Speedball's live on Twitch watching old Ultimate X matches prepare himself. That's awesome. He said, he said I was listening to an interview he did with uh with Kieran, our, our pal Kieran, um, yeah. who does the, the New Japan podcast on, on Fightful Overbooked. He he did an interview with him and he, he said that like Speedball will go on Twitch and he'll like watch matches of a upcoming opponent. So I guess last week, like he was watching John Moxley matches to prepare for the match with Sean Moxley. And yeah, I guess this week he's probably watching Ultimate X matches to prepare. Like he does his research, he does his homework, and I'm sure he doesn't want to go in there and be like, oh, okay, let's just do like a, a typical John Moxley match where you do all your stuff and that's that. Like every other John Moxley match we've seen. I'm sure like part of this is like, uh, okay, what can I do differently that we haven't seen in this matches? What can you do differently that you haven't done? before in these matches either so that's what you should do as a wrestler honestly you don't just want to keep having the same match over and over again with these guys you want to stand out do something different bring something different to the table and like oh you've seen one john moxley independent match against this guy you you've seen them all you want to have a different style ultimate x it's tough to be inv- innovative in these matches because they've had so many 
watch them all be like, oh, I could possibly do this here. We've never seen that before. Let me try to do that. So it, it's great. Speedball is a real student of the game and that it, you can see it in just how many different matches he's had against how many different wrestlers and how much they differentiate from each other. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be very sketch. And I don't know if he'd want to go for this or not, but like, I think it'd be pretty badass if he like did the ultimate weapon, like from hanging off the thing, like off the, like off the wire. Like if he did the swing and like swung himself around into the ultimate weapon and landed on someone, I think it'd be pretty cool, but that's also sketchy. Like it's a lot could go wrong going for that, but um yeah, yeah, dude, I, I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. And, and that's that's cool, too. Like, I know there's a lot of wrestling fans that, like, discover Speedball through Twitch. Like, yeah. they haven't even seen him wrestle before, and then they, they they see him on Twitch, and then they start watching his matches. And, yeah, very, very big fan of uh, of Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, your indie spotlight for this week, Steven Jensen, you're at Battle Slam on Sunday. How'd that go? It went really well. It was a really fun show. Um, afterwards I got, uh, some audio interviews with Baron Black and Adam Priest. Uh, you, you transcribed, uh, part of the Baron interview. So if y'all, if y'all want to see, uh, or, um, part, I don't know when that, when the audio will be uploaded. I um, just saw that the, uh, Adam Priest audio would just went up. Um, yeah, they, okay. the Adam Priest audio just went up. I don't know when when the Baron Black audio will go up. I'm going to run something from the Adam Priest audio at, at, at some point, and I'll, I'm going to run one more off of uh, the Baron Black audio went up on Tuesday, uh, June 14th. So if you go to Fightful Select, uh, you can hear you can hear those interviews. Yeah, I did run the Baron Black talking about being rock bottomed by Little Scrappy. Uh, I'll run more from that. Obviously, it's been a crazy week in wrestling, and I don't want everything to just get lost in, hey, we're not finding this because all this other stuff is happening so a lot of stuff when it comes down to like article writing and timing of when we release a lot of this stuff comes down to like when when will it actually stand out sure sure 100 percent. so i i didn't even know that I, i've been so out of the loop just feeling sick and stuff that i just haven't i hadn't even looked so um so awesome so those are on fightful select wonderful so um so yeah i got to talk to both those guys after the show um I didn't, I didn't record, but like, I talked to Zenshi for a second. Uh, he was like a really, really nice dude. Um, private party was really nice. Got to just say Hey to them real quick. Shook, uh, shook, uh, Isaiah Quinn's hand or, uh, sorry, Isaiah Cassidy's hand. And, uh, he was super nice. And, and Mark Quinn was cool. And like, uh, I got to hang out with muscle man, Malcolm again. So that was fun. Nice. Always good to see him. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really good show from top to bottom. Uh, <laughs> Baron Black getting rock bottom by a little scrappy was wild. Uh, just a little scrappy in general coming out and like performing like headbuster and uh, uh, get on my level and all that kind of stuff. Like that, that was awesome. Like it really was. The crowd was really into it. Um, I hope it came across well on Fight TV because you know it, it aired live this time on Fight, and I know there was a couple hiccups. Um, that Baron was, was mentioning to me when, when we were talking, but yeah, really damn good show. I recommend checking out the, uh, checking out the replay if you missed it, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm trying to think of some stuff that like really stood out. Um, Tasha Steeles and, and Queen Amanita or Amanata rather was really, really good. Um, 
I think that I think that the queen is like really under the under the radar, like really like a ton of potential, like could be a massive mainstream star, in my opinion. I, I like her a lot. Um, and Tasha keeps getting better too. Like she's already really damn good. And this was one of the best matches I've seen her have, if I'm being honest. Like it's especially live. I've seen her live a few times. I really liked what I saw out of the two of them. That really stood out. Um, seeing the work horsemen in this element was really cool. Um you know, there was a lot of just really damn good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, seeing Private Party live, seeing Dante Martin live, um, you know, just just really, really good show. Um, and I'm already looking forward to Battle Slam 3 because we have Battle Slam 3. That'll, that'll happen. And then there's also uh, Terminus 3 is in the works also. So, like, there's a lot of really good stuff uh, coming to Atlanta. And then we already have Action Wrestling, which is out of Tyron, Georgia, which uh, runs consistently on IWTV. So, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. Uh, it was, it was a fun night. I love that venue, that Oasis event center, I think works really well for them. And, uh, and yeah, if you want to know more about, uh, my experience there, you know, Baron's experience, Adam Priest's experience, uh, please check those, uh, those audio interviews out over at Fightful Select. And, um, as the, as the articles come out that, that get transcribed, uh, please check those out because I, you know, that's the, that's the reason I, I do that stuff. You know, I, I stayed about an hour or so after the show just so I would be able to get some interviews just for a little extra content for y'all. So, um, so that's why I do it. I don't do it for any kind of personal gain or anything like that. I do it because um, I'm trying to help promote the talent, promote the shows and uh, give, you know, you guys who, who follow us over at Fightful, I, uh, I just want to give you all some extra content. So, um, I do really appreciate when people uh, give me feedback and, you know, especially if they like the stuff. And if you don't, that's okay too. Let me know. And, you know, Punch I, them in I, the I, face if they don't like it, Steven Jensen, you're a man of the people. I'm, I'm okay with constructive criticism though. I really am. Like, you know, if there's something I can be doing better, I'd like to know. And maybe, maybe there isn't, you know, but it's, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the support. And uh, because of y'all, really like being interested and caring that's what kind of allows me to like get into these shows and stuff too like inform these relationships with these wrestlers and stuff so like um it means a lot to me as a as a lifelong wrestling fan that i get to interview these guys and girls and uh people of non-binary you know i you know that doesn't matter to me what 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 gender you are you know what i mean like i i if you're if you're into wrestling um we can be friends i guarantee it yeah so uh so yeah, I, I appreciate uh, I appreciate going to Battle Slam. I appreciate Baron's hospitality and like getting me in and everything. Like he he always does. He's, he's the man. And uh, and yeah, I hope you guys check the interviews out. And once again, if you if you miss Battle Slam Fight for ATL, please check it out on Fight TV. I think you'll really enjoy the show. God, what an emotional speech from Steven Jensen there. That was, that was tremendous. Part of that is I'm like I'm like this I I I feel like I'm floating right now because of like how just sick I've been. So like I realized about halfway through that I was like this is getting kind of way deeper than I meant. Yeah, very deep. Jensen just went into a, another landscape there, another another time and space on that one. That was that was that was emotional. I was cried on that one, Stephen Jensen. Aww. He said, the man said, it doesn't matter who you are. If you like wrestling, we can be friends. I'll be an asshole. I don't think Steven Jensen wants to be friends with an asshole, even if you like wrestling. But 
you know, any anything else, you can be friends with Steven Jensen, connected through wrestling. Support what Steven Jensen does. All right. He does go to these shows. Uh, you know, we we get decent access at these shows, but Jensen does not have to do interviews. He doesn't have to stay late. We don't have to uh post them or transcribe them or anything like that. And it, we're able to do that because of the work that Steven Jensen does by going to these shows. So please uh, continue to support the work that he does, not only on this on this uh, show, but on Fightful Select and anywhere, anywhere else that Steven Jensen is at. My God, this emotion, you. you need some sleep. You do need some sleep. You Dude, sound a little I'm delirious. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to sleep for like a solid. So I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to try to come in at four or get, get online at four to try to work a half day. But she already said like if you're feeling too sick just it's okay to take the day um but i'm gonna try i'm i'm gonna the only reason i'm even like as conscious as i am right now is because this past night was so miserable dude like i was just sweating and i don't want to get into the specifics but i was just sweating and just getting sick and just couldn't stay asleep so it was just one of those things where like i just couldn't really sleep so I'm getting to that level of like delusional right now, just like sleep deprived. <laughs> and I'm finally starting to get a little bit tired. So like, I'm going to definitely go to sleep for a solid like three hours or so right after this, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. But speaking of looking forward to, and I appreciate all the, all the love in the chat. I always see y'all. Um, and by the way, I want to let people know, I always see your comments on fightfulselect.com. I, I just stay logged in on the Fightful account because it's a lot easier because I upload the weekend or myself on there. So I don't usually interact with the comments because I don't want it coming from the Fightful account and like misrepresenting like Fightful. You know, by... So like, but I always see them. So I want y'all to know, I always see your comments. And even in the chat, like even though we only pull up the super chats for the most part, I always see your comments in here. I appreciate y'all. Um, it's a dream, man. It's a really a dream come true. I know we don't talk about this enough, how fortunate we are, but like the fact that like we get a platform like this to, to talk about wrestling is just, it's awesome. It really is. And if there's anything positive I can, I can do with this platform to help other people, like that's why not, you know, like, why wouldn't I want to do that? So, um, so yeah, appreciate y'all guys. We have an interview with dad. This was a, a this Steven is a Jensen great interview special here. I, I do love <laughs> this interview. He he was he was great. Uh, we cover cover a lot of different things from from his uh, big win at Creator Clash, where he's smoking fools with hooks to the body and head. Uh, his time in wrestling, which dates back, you know, pre you may have seen him pop up in GCW alongside John Morrison on AW Dark alongside John Morrison, but it dates back to before that training with Rikishi. Um, you know, comments from, from Vince McMahon about his work, uh, you know, potential future on, on what he's going to do. He calls out Dan Housen. He says mean things about Hook. Like the, the man, the man is not afraid. Dad bot is not afraid. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to throw to our, our interview with dad. Again, this is one of my, my favorite interviews we, we've done. I feel like I say that every single week, but this one really one of, one of the best interviews we, we have done. So shout out to, to, to dad. You can follow him on Twitter at dad feels. Uh, and here we go. Uh, gonna go to our interview with Dadbot. Dadbot, everybody. Welcome to the creator spotlight of the spotlight. This is the interview portion of our show. I'm Stephen Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert. And today we have joining us, he is the man who won in 22 seconds at the opening match, the opening fight of Creator Clash. He is a man who we've been seeing pop up 
at pro wrestling events was John Hennigan, AKA John Morrison, AKA Johnny, every name you can think of. Y'all know who we're talking about. He is the best pop star and the best boxer in the universes. We're joined by dad. How's it going, man? Hello, it's going <laughs> great. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. Thank, thank you for joining us today. Um, yes, thank you. you. Know, yeah, before we get in, before we get into it, we know you're on tour right now for the game with the game grumps. Uh, how's that been going? Let yeah. people know what's what's been going on with that. Uh, it's been insane. It's been a real wild. The past two months have been very insane. I'm in the middle of a parking lot in Tennessee. I can't pronounce the name. Uh, I'm in Dollywood. You know Dollywood, Dolly Parton theme park. My God, it's down, Dollywood. It's down the street. So that's where I am. I'm near Dolly Parton Steam Park in a parking lot uh, down the street from the tour bus, and it's been crazy. Uh, basically, I went from Creator Clash, the boxing event, and straight to Las Vegas the next weekend with John for AEW and GCW. And then at when I was about to jump in the ring, Aaron from the Game Grumps was like, you want to go on tour with us? And I was like, yes. So then I went right on tour with them starting in Seattle. And now I'm here to, and we go until the, the very last day of the month. And I finally get to go home to town USA on <laughs> July 1st. So it's been wild. And every night I'm like jumping off the balcony, like dropping in, I'm doing front flips and jumping into the audience off like really big stages. I just got out of a, uh, uh off the bus and, uh, it's, it's, I'm just like tight and cramped and a mess, but it's been very fun. So that's what's been happening. So if it's a little loud and weird, it's because I'm in a parking lot. <laughs> no, this, this is this is awesome. Um, yeah, man. As you just mentioned, you got a lot going on right now, and you know, uh, just as a fan of what y'all did for Creator Clash, I honestly, dude, I watch all the TikToker versus YouTubers. I watch Aaron Carter versus Lamar Odom. I watch all the Jake Paul fights. I watch every, all of it, right? I watch Scott yeah. Skinny from the Nine and Supreme Patty and all these guys fight. Creator Clash was by far, I think, the best event I've ever seen for boxing that was like in that realm. And, Definitely. And, you know, you're a big part of that because you're the opening fight. And, and going into that, people didn't really know what to expect. Like, we knew who was going to be on the show, but we didn't know what any of y'all would look like as boxers. And you yeah, really yeah. showed out to open that show. What was that experience like? Yeah. Uh, well, so I have a couple things to say about that. One, I, I read every single comment and I heart every single comment on, on my channel. And then I often go and I read everyone else's comments on their uploads about the match and I'll respond to a lot of people because I'm very interested in what people have to say. And the first thing I'll say about my fight was I didn't love my form. I didn't love how I looked, but I was also pretty happy with it. My coaches told me from day one, they go, you're never going to look good. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about looking good. He goes, it's six months of training and then you're going into a fight. He goes, most fighters fight for three years then they go into a fight and even then it looks bad so he's like let go of trying to look good because the thing is when i'm boxing and i'm sparring and i'm hitting the bag it looks good i'm tight my form is perfect because i'm concentrating each punch the right way on each each hit and it's like picture perfect you know for someone brand new so then when i got in there it was like a brawl and i was like what am i do i looked at the footage i was like what the heck i was just kind of like swinging and uh, all the, there's a lot of comments about that. Like, what are these guys doing here? They're making boxing look stupid. These guys don't know how to fight. And I respond to all of those. 
and I try to be very logical and not too much of a hater, but it's like, I've only trained for six months. I'm like, I never punched anything before that. And I feel I did all right. So that's all I wanted to say in the beginning, as I guess to defend myself against all the haters out there. But boxing is very hard. It's gnarly. And uh, fortunately, I didn't get punched during my fight. But during sparring, I was getting punched by guys who were really good. And I never go down and I never stop punching. So I'm very much looking forward to the next fight where I can prove that. I literally, if you want, actually there's a video on my, my page called Never Stop Punching. And it's uh, my coaches and I trained because my fight was five two-minute rounds. So we trained 10 three-minute rounds. And I literally do not stop punching the whole time, even if someone's punching me. I block when I need to, but I'm throwing way more punches than my opponent. So I like over-prepared and I really want to be able to show that because a lot of people are saying in my about my fight, oh, this guy's going to gas out. He only went 22 seconds, but he wouldn't have been able to do 30 seconds. That's not true because I can go no joke like a half an hour and not stop punching. So uh, I just wanted to say that to all the haters. I read all your comments, but it's, it was amazing. <laughs> Creator Clash it, is... They are everyone's saying it's the new standard in YouTube boxing, and that like, like if other events don't look as good and as classy and respectful as Creator Clash, it's like a joke. And that's how I felt about YouTube boxing a little bit. It's a, it is a joke in a way because it's like you know goofballs trying to be fighters and they're trying to act tough and look like you know hard dudes and like be these like crazy fighters. But like we play video games and you know we do streams. We play Among Us and we're playing like Fortnite for crying out loud. Like we're not. We're all nerds, so act, act like you're yourself and be who you are. But if you package it and present it professionally and cleanly, and then own up to who you are in the ring, it, I think it makes sense and people can accept it and digest it in a in a way that's more palpable, I guess. Um, and also, I think it was really smart of uh, Ian and Anissa to incorporate pros into the event, like pro boxers. Were two, there was a four pro boxers there who opened and closed the show. I don't think everyone who watched the pay-per-view saw that, but like, it was really cool to see these pros go in the ring before us. And we're all watching them. We're like, these guys are legit killers. They were scary. And it was cool to be on a card with them. It made us feel kind of like, you know, cool. And then they were all talking to us. They loved it because it was like, this is the biggest audience they've ever had. And they've been boxing most of their lives. So I think it was like a kind of a nice understanding between worlds of like, thank you for letting us be in here. And then they're like, dude, please let us come back to more because we'd love to box in front of this audience. We're fortunate to have big audiences, but we're not good boxers. So it's a little bit of an uh, even trade, I guess, when you have them on the card. So sorry, that's my big rant about Creator Clash. It was the greatest night of my life. And I hope to do it again very soon and show people that I can actually throw down. <laughs> well, there, there was, I mean, there was just a heavyweight boxing fight that I saw it was a WBA, I believe, title fight that just happened this past weekend. And they maybe had 300 people there. Y'all legit had like a 12,000 oh sellout. Yeah, and <laughs> it was crazy. And I, you know how like in a boxing event, like no one really shows up until the co-made event and sits in their seats. So they don't show up until like Tyson Fury gets in there. Well, that's what Matt and I were worried about. We were worried like, oh, no one's going to be in there for the first fight. But then I was, I, I said, well, these people don't go to boxing events. They, they want to, they're paying for the whole show. So hopefully they do show up. And it was crazy. When I walked out, every seat was filled and it like really charged me up. I was so ready to go because it was so loud. I'd done a couple of things. I did a uh, thing for the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders in front of 70,000 people one time. And uh, it was the greatest, craziest night of my life. This 
was even crazier. But I was used to the crowd because of that, because of being these big crowd things. So it got me pumped up. But being in the ring and being like the main show was awesome. And Career Clash is the it is by far the standard in YouTube boxing. I feel now. Yeah, I think that Ian and Issa like they really should really be proud of what they put together, and all of y'all should be too for the performances. Um, I got one more question real quick before Jerry. Okay. I know you got I know you got to get some some questions in as well, but I'm I'm such a big fan of what y'all accomplished at this show. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool, and you alluded to this just a second ago, was the the vibe was totally different because I've I heard Ian talk about it um, while talking about the event as well. How he was trying to match people up that didn't—they weren't like mortal enemies with one another. Like I watched, yeah. I watched Harley from Epic Meal Time. His whole docu series is put up on YouTube. Yeah. And the day of the fight, y'all are all hanging out together like the whole day, and like that's so not normal. In oh, sport. I know. Like my coaches <laughs> didn't like it. My coaches were like, "No, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Well," and I kept saying to them, "I was like, Matt's my friend." And he goes, "No, he's not. He's not your friend." Because <laughs> I did mention him a while ago. My coach, I was like, "I might feel a little weird about punching him." Because Matt is texting me all this stuff about, like, oh, I had a broken nose before. My feet are crooked. I can't st- stand up straight. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like a mess. He's never going to be in a fight. And I was actually thinking, like, oh, I kind of feel bad punching him. And that's what my coach wanted me to avoid. And that's why boxers don't talk and hang out. Because you need to go in there to kill the person. And you can't do that when it's like, it's my friend. I'm going to hang out with him later. It's, it is strange. I mean, when, once you guys got in the ring, it didn't look like you had any remorse. Pudge it, you're going body head, you're mixing it up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you were you were criticizing your performance like I didn't look good. And I mean, look, you, you're not a you're not a professional boxer. You you said you had six months training, so you're not going to be throwing jabs and using like this very high tech footwork and everything. But no. just mixing up body head was pretty impressive for somebody who has hasn't been doing this long. Once they get into the ring, a lot of time yeah. it's just a lot of flailing and stuff so i think exactly you give yourself that, more credit than, than you were of how you actually i, know, I am there. a little hard i know i'm a little hard on myself but like i think like what the commenters think i think the same thing i think i want to see someone get knocked out i want to see really good hits i want to see real good bot blocking because i'm used to watching boxing but then you have to like you know let go a little bit because these aren't boxers it's like watching two mailmen get in the ring and fight <laughs> or two professionals from so far away from boxing you can imagine that's what we are. But I am aware of what people will say, and that's what I was thinking about. Our whole plan was to go straight to the body and to the head because I watch so many bo- YouTube boxing events and no one ever goes to the body. And it's yeah. like, why? You, body hurts way more than the head. You can, I can take punches all day to the head. If it's to the jaw, it's different. But to the head, like, I do not care. But if you, one hit to the solar plexus and you're, like, done, it knocks the wind out of you no matter how big you are. So that was our plan it was, like, go to the body, bend them over, clock them in the head. Let's try to do it, like, real quick. So I just kept going up, down, up, down. And you like, you know, a new boxer can't move that fast. You can't block. Your elbows just don't go where they need to go. So, yeah, it, it worked out. The plan worked. And we were lucky and fortunate. But uh, hopefully, hopefully the next fight goes the same way. I, I think, you know, Mike Tyson has the quote of everybody has a plan until they get hit. And I think everybody has a plan when they're just like watching it on television. Jensen's a big MMA fan as well. And you watch yeah. these guys like, oh, yeah, like just hanging out with your friends and whatnot. I could easily pull this off and I could do this. And you get in there and you like train or you're just in there. You actually get yep. in there like you did. And it's a completely different ballgame. Like, wait a second. What am I supposed to do? How does Anderson yeah. Silva make this look so easy? Huh? What's happening? So, again, just kudos to you for just getting in there in the first place because that takes that takes a lot of balls to actually just train for six months and get in there and do that um i do want to move on to to some to some wrestling stuff 
GCW with John Morrison. You said you were hanging out with uh with him at AEW as well. Talk to me about the relationship yeah. with Morrison, how you guys got linked up and how all this stuff came together. Uh I've known John for like 10 years or more now. Uh there's a lot of old videos on YouTube with us. I forget how we met. It was it might have been through like Dolph Ziggler, because I'm friends with him as well. I'm friends with like a lot of us uh Xavier Woods, been friends with him for a long time. I was on Up Up Down Down. Uh, I just kind of been, became friends with some wrestlers. Vince McMahon, I, I did some stuff with WWE. Vince McMahon was a big fan of uh, me. And uh, at one point, I was told by a guy at WWE that Vince watched a video with me. They watched it together, and Vince said, we got to get this guy on Raw. And it was like the nerdy guy that was like it was surprises you and can actually like do a couple moves, but then ultimately takes a bump and looks like an idiot. That was like my role. And then two months later, Ellsworth got hired, and I was super ticked. Because that was like my job, I feel. But then he jobbed one night and, you know, got the role. So Vince knows who I am. Vince tweeted one of my videos because I tried out for Tough Enough. Uh, this was after I sort of met Dolph. I started a feud with Dolph Ziggler. And that's what started a lot of this off. And he loved it. And we went back and forth. And WWE hired me for some, like, internet promo type stuff and, you know, little videos here and there. So I got in. I become friends with people. John and I hit it off. We became pretty good friends. So we've done a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, that's why he was there at the fight with me. Uh, I wanted my whole presentation to look like a wrestling promo in match. Like dad's this unhinged guy. He's crazy. He's ready to kill. He's got, I have a six foot seven friend behind me. Bob is big. Bob is his name. He's, he had, he had the body bag with that met with Matt's name on it. It was a little hard to see because there was so much going on. And then John. John and Giant Bob, I was like, okay, this looks like a 1980s promo. So, and then I had my two coaches, and I wanted everyone, everyone had matching gear with the dad logo, and it said the quantum fist on the arms. Everyone, I wanted everyone to look like a team and like have a, have a good presentation. And we come out to my song, which is also on this, my entry song, which is uh, called Obliterate. It's my, one of my new songs. Uh, Corey Graves sings on it. So, there's a lot going on in the wrestling world during my fight that maybe not everyone knew about. Matt Pat, who's a real big YouTuber, him and Corey Graves sing on that song that I entered to. So, uh, yeah, the, John and I have been doing a lot together. And then the next weekend, or two weekends later, John was like, hey, let's do GCW, and you can be my corner man. I was like, well, that's perfect. Sounds good to me. And uh, I got I got in the mix a little bit with Joey, Joey Janela, the naughty boy, the bad boy. And uh, I had to set him straight. I took the belt off at one point. Almost, He almost got it. He didn't get it that night. He really, he really screwed me, taking me, throwing me through that door. But uh, I think, uh, I think we might have a rematch coming up. So I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure he's. I'm gonna straight, set him straight, taking the belts coming off, Joey. Yes. Oh man. Well, so speaking of GCW, so, yeah, that was I, my I, wild. That was my wild month with John. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Well, you did you did AEW Dark also, right? Like you came out at the end of that show. Oh, yeah, and then AEW happened. I forgot. Well, he, oh, yeah, I was in AEW. That's right. uh, I forgot. Yeah, I was there. I was there just hanging out with John, and then John ran the idea by Tony and about me coming in the ring and, like, dancing at the end to sort of celebrate with him. And Tony's like, yeah, let's do it. Tony saw a video of me, and I was thinking, oh, my God, no one is going to know what the heck's going on. It's going to be so confusing for, like, the wrestling fans that don't know me. Like, a couple of people did know who I was, but, like, it did not register on camera. Uh, that was when we were walking up the ramp. People were like, Dad, I slept. you're the quantum father. Like, they knew the YouTube whole bit. So uh, that was crazy. I got in the ring with John, danced around for a bit, made it on dark. Then after the, after the upload cuts, 
what you don't see is we walked up the ramp and uh, met Tony Khan, who closes the show at the end of the night. And uh, I shook Tony's hand, and Tony goes, Dad bought, very nice, nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm at the top of the ramp with Tony Khan. And then John, he, he gives the mic to John, and John says, uh, this is Dad bought. Fast, fastest YouTube TKO and uh, YouTube fastest TKO in YouTube boxing history, 22 seconds. And everyone like cheered, and then Tony again said, "Congratulations, Dad Bot." And he, Tony's like, "This is so weird and so confusing," uh, but uh, it was amazing, a great moment for me in my life, just be staying at the AEW ramp and even in the ring. And uh, I'm a very, I'm very, I know all about the wrestling world, and I know what it can be like for another person in the Indies who's like, oh, who is this dude coming in and gets to go on the ramp? I don't want everyone to, I want everyone to offend anyone or make anyone feel like, uh, you know, I'm stepping on toes. So I try to be very respectful in the wrestling world because I, it's not my world. But then John was like, no, this is your world. He goes, you've been doing this for like 12 years now. So I was like, okay, yeah, I guess so. But anyway, I did, I did train with Rikishi. So I have uh, done training. I have been around for a while. So, Anyway, it was amazing, and I loved it, and uh, hopefully the wrestling fans. Will, although, I will say, I will say, the wrestling fans, I was going to say, hopefully they enjoyed it. If you go to that dark upload on YouTube, it's literally 3,000 comments all about dad. It's pretty <laughs> weird. It's uh, pretty bonkers. So people, people did seem to know who I was in the YouTube comments. So, yeah, there you go. Dude, that's amazing. You know, something I tweeted during your GCW appearance was that I and you actually responded to it, which actually led me to DMing you about doing this today. Was my dream match for you is you versus early morning guy Steel from GCW. I think that is a fantasy matchup, and you seem down. Oh, I'm a hundred percent down. Uh, I honestly want to go for. I'm coming for Dan Housen. Dan Housen and I. I've known each other for about a year and a half now, and uh, we're friendly. But uh, he's been a little naughty too, putting curses on people, and Dadbot doesn't like that. So he's got to set him straight as well. But Guy Steele is—I don't know if it's a, if Michael Myers is under there or who—but that guy is nuts and is probably actually a dead person because I don't know how he can survive wrestling in that whole getup. I don't know how he can see and breathe and not sweat. So. I'm afraid of Guy Steele, but I am down to get in the ring with anybody. So early I mean, morning, you, Guy Steele, let's go. How do you survive a, a Dan Housen curse, though? This man's cursed everybody, and it hasn't worked out for them. Like, what is your plan if Dan Housen's going to curse you? Well, he's he's cursing humans. He's cur- cursing mortals. I, I My name is Dadbot from Town, USA. I was built in a facility there's thousands of us. He curses me if it works on me, which it won't because I got a CPU up here that, that I have the Prime OS, unhackable. You can't hack this Prime operating system. If he even tried to and was somewhat successful, there's thousands more dad bots. I'm dad bot negative too. No one can stop me. Dad doesn't stop and will not stop. So try all you want, Dan. You got to do a little, uh, you got to do some downloading onto your floppy disks to find the right code to take me down. Well, he's got a hook about though. the. I mean, no, that's true. he's got hook though. Yeah, he's got hook, hook, hook though. He, he's got a little that little boxing boy. I can show him a thing or two too. <laughs> there you go. Oh, get in the ring with me. <laughs> hey, I, so, I don't know if I don't know if hook is supposed to mean like left or right hook, but <laughs> you can't handle a quantum hook. That's that's about the best answer I think you could possibly give. <laughs> I, that, oh yeah, that, I, I want to see all these matchups now. 
Dad, I know, I know you're 100%. you're you're very locked in on the wrestling world. I, I knew you'd be a fan, but you're actually much more uh, plugged in than I expected. How long have you been watching wrestling, and what are kind of some of your favorite like wrestlers like throughout your fandom? Well, uh, so I was built in 2018, so I'm technically only four years old, but I have the memories of Nathan Barnett, who uh, is an actor. And he's a big wrestling fan. Uh, he's been watching since he was he, he fell out of his mom in 1981. So I'm a big fan of all wrestling everywhere. Anywhere I can see, I will watch it. But obviously, WWF, WWE in the old days, WCW, uh, New Japan. Uh, now, AEW is, is the place now. It's yeah. like the premium wrestling. So that's what I've been watching mostly. So, who, who are your favorites? Yeah. Like, uh, grow, who are Nathan's favorites growing up? Ultimate Warrior, one hundred percent. I did a little bit of rope shaking in, in my after my fight after at Creator Clash just to. Uh, I and I had get so much. I liked him not even because of the wrestling. I mean, like no wrestlers were really good in the eighties. It was all the same thing, but his presentation and his energy like that i get the same energy like i get so hyped up when i'm like going out and to perform so that's how i felt very much going out to my event and everyone's like oh you're gonna gas out you're gonna gas out if you dance too hard to the ring if you're... And i was like no it's literally impossible i will never gas out i only eat vegetables i'm strict vegetarian i'm trying to be very healthy very clean only water don't drink the wonky water very often so i uh i it's all natural and I have a lot of it. So, and I'm, uh, I'm built and mo modeled after a 41 year old man after Nathan. And, uh, it's a good, it's a good model. It's a good base. Uh, 41 year old, uh, angsty man. <laughs> it does the trick. So yeah, ultimate warrior, his energy is what I, I loved. I loved him. It's just, and he was just so mysterious, but, uh, uh, current fan of Dan Housen big time. And uh, Finn Balor, always been a big fan of uh, the Prince, Prince Devitt. So, yeah, I like a lot of them. I like this people in every organization that I'm a fan of. You, you mentioned you trained with Rikishi. Did you ever take a stink face? I did, and there's footage of it. Oh. There is, uh, 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 if you search Keith is tough enough on YouTube, uh, that is cute. Well, so I have the memories of Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> gets a little convoluted uh, but <laughs> i dad bot have the memories of nathan getting the stink face as keith apicary some people might be watching this and go that guy looks like trevor phillips that guy looks like uh the skittles guy the guy looks like keith apicary yeah i know i look like a lot of crazy people on the internet but my name is dad bot and that's who you're looking at and talking to right now all right so, so i'm watching yeah, this right footage. now yeah, I'm watching this right now. You're you're with a you're taking chair shots to the head from uh yep, yep. Keith is sorry, Keith is taking chair Keith, shots. Keith Apicary um, is, yep. Yes, yes. And then you're in there with Rikishi. Your gear is and here comes the, the stink face. Who, the tiny who did your, yes, who I was saying, who did your gear? What what gear maker did you uh, go to? That? that was that was CVS Pharmacy. Uh you can buy a pack <laughs> of underwear there for six dollars. Oh, the, the trick is to double up. You wear two. You gotta wear two pairs so you don't show too much shape of uh of your glorious body. So, I also think I'm so surprised that no wrestler has ever worn tidy whities in the ring. It's so funny. So Keith Abacary is the one. He's an entrepreneur. 
The trendsetter. Change, yeah. Changing the wrestling game. <laughs> I mean, Danielson, his his shirt nowadays, his custom custom shirt is just a Hanes white t-shirt. That, that's all. Yeah, he's it, it looks like he's got t-shirt no undies when he comes out to the ring. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it always hangs like just just in the right spot where it's like, is he wearing? Oh, okay, okay. I see something. Yeah. Randy, Randy Orton does that a lot as well. He, he, he yeah, that the t-shirt same. no undies. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Jeremy, do you have any more wrestling-related ones? I got a couple more uh, Creator Clash ones before we wrap up. No, you, but... you go with Creator Clash, and then I have one more just completely off off topic. Okay, awesome. Um, I know you've been calling people out for the next Creator Clash. Do you have an ideal opponent? I do. Uh, Nexpo is his name. N-E-X-P-O. Nexpo and I have had a feud for three years. Matt Pat would be another one, but Matt does not want to fight. But Nexpo does want to fight, and we're about the same weight, uh, same height. Uh, he's a little thicker than I am, but it doesn't matter to me. I'll outmaneuver him day and night, nonstop, never stop punching. So Nexpo, he wants to fight, and it's looking like possibly we might be able to fight around Halloween. I'm trying to set up my own event. Uh, I'm talking to Real Good Touring, who, who organized Creator Clash with uh, iDubs and Anissa. Um, that's who's organizing this tour I'm on right now for Game Grumps. Uh, Real Good Touring does like all the YouTuber tours. And I'm talking with them about setting up my own smaller event where it's a lot of the spooky channels. Um, also, Malachi Black wants to be there. Uh, he's friends with Justin Wang, who is another YouTuber, and Justin Wang and I are friends, and he wants Malachi to train him. And I talked to Malachi at AEW backstage at um, the Friday Night Show, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm training him good. He, he's got his own, like, MMA studio or something, and he wants to train Justin Wang. So it's a whole event with, like, a lot of, like, more spookier, uh, I want to say dark content, but it's more like people who investigate, like, creepy subject matter. Um, so that would be sort of the theme of the event. Uh, Mama Max is another name uh, that wants to be be a part of it. Uh, some ordinary gamers, Muda is his name. Yeah. So we got a, a lot of people. These are like some pretty big channels. And Nexpo. So Nexpo is who I want to fight, and he wants to fight me. We've had a feud for three years uh, because he said, said a lot of bad things about me in his video. He said that I, my wife is brainwashing me, and I shouldn't be eating these cans of food. And I think he's full of garbage and he just needs to come here to town USA and eat a can of food and they'll see that everything is fine. So <laughs> Nexpo, come and get your food or you're getting the belt. Do, do you have any, um, like a location no. uh, locked down at all for October? No, no location yet. It's hopefully we can make it work for October or at least towards the end of the year. Um, but we, I have no idea. I, I heard that talk that it might have to take place in Florida because Florida might be the only place you can do these sort of exhibition matches, but I don't know how true that is. So I'm not sure. Okay. Hopefully I, soon. Although. I would love to attend that. I, I, I man, that I, I'm looking forward to you getting in the ring again and anyone else who, who is willing to do it. You know, one other question I got for you, it's a controversial name, but it's a name that's somewhat attached to the show. And I, I'm just curious with you running your own boxing event would you let sam hyde fight if he was interested i personally wouldn't really want to because and i've done some research everything i've heard and seen it's just it it wouldn't work in my opinion because also i don't want to reward people that i think take advantage of negativity and like edginess and just like next level trolling 
as like your form of art and your form of creation, which is kind of just, it's taking advantage of like making people feel bad and uncomfortable. And I just don't like that. I like, and people would, his audience would just rip me apart. And I see them all the time in my comments, but like, I'd rather do stuff with positive people who try to do good things and get along and don't, you don't have to worry about. And, you know, it's like good people doing good things. And the energy of Creator Clash was just so good. I would never want to be a part of something that would have an ounce of that world's energy because it's just, why, why bother? Unless the person can like prove that that is not what they're going to do and not, not what like, but it would take like a good, a good amount of other work outside to show the world that you're not, you're not that person anymore. So I personally wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. Unfortunately, I mean, nothing against him. I don't know him as a person, but like everything I've seen is just not really my style. Sure. That's totally fair. I was just, I was just curious because I know he had a, a big hand in training Harley for the fight and Harley did so well. And, you know, and it's just a name that keeps kind yeah. of coming up. So I was just interested, but thank you for answering that. I, I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Yeah. I talked to Harley about that too. And it was, that whole thing was purely promotion because it, he knew it would get views. He had his, his real coach was who he said like, Oh no, my real coach is coaching me, but this is like for views. <laughs> so, and then it worked, you know, it's a good story. I, I understand it. I would maybe do something like that too. Maybe not with him, but like, I understand the whole, like Matt and I like were the only ones who did diss tracks. So we went like the full route of like trying to get eyes on this and I'm down to do stuff that might make people go, Oh God, what are you doing? Like, to get people to like check it out so that was the route he took and i think it makes sense but per i would i wouldn't have in my you know personally i wouldn't have gone that way but like i think it makes sense that he did it sure um anyone else that really impressed you on the show like i was really impressed by michael reeves personally i didn't expect him to look so good and he i thought he looked great he said he wasn't going to fight again afterwards but like was there anyone else that really stood out because everyone else everyone did better than i expected because i had no real expectations but some people really stood out and you have a couple people you want to shout out from that show yeah michael reeves blew everyone away he's a maniac that was awesome he was amazing um but yeah I, uh ryan from super mega ryan and alex their fight was crazy uh i dubs um aaron from grumps holy crap man he, Aaron's good. Aaron's a good fighter for sure. Harley is just so much bigger. It was a bummer that Aaron didn't get to really show, but Aaron is like could outmaneuver him. I feel, but it's just the sheer size difference was like, it's just it's too hard, you know. Uh, like Harley can just go and uh, clobber you without any like having to like really do much, you know. It's just all the weight behind him. So Aaron impressed me a lot, and I I really want to see Aaron fight again. Um, we're going to spar on this trip. We have some gloves here. We're, we've been working out together, but we haven't boxed yet. We're going to do some boxing on this. But Aaron and Ryan from Super Mega, uh, especially, they really impressed me because they just, like, didn't. And Aaron, Aaron's thing was weird because he didn't want to stop the fight. But there was a weird thing where, like, the, the, the guy said, do you want 15 seconds to rest? And Aaron's like, if I can get 15 seconds, yeah. And then they called it. And Aaron's like, well, I didn't want to do it. It was like a weird thing where they were like asking him a question. He wasn't sure what to say. But um, yeah, he got a little screwed, I feel. And he, I think Aaron could have gone a little farther. Um, and uh, Ryan, holy crap. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah are and, you and I dubs, obviously. Oh, yeah. I dubs transformation just physically and everything from like, 
watching him kind of first start training to where he is now, he's shown, I mean, it's very, very impressive. And Dr. Mike is a guy who like clearly had more experience. And I think Ian really held his own in there. It was a great main event. I, I really enjoyed it. Are you going to be coming through Atlanta by chance? Because my brother actually owns a small boxing gym. And if you ever got to get oh, some cool. work done in Atlanta, just hit me up on Twitter. Because he, he watched the show with me. He loved it. He'd definitely be able to help you out a little bit. Oh, cool. We were just in Atlanta a few days ago. But uh, I might be going back down to Atlanta. I have a lot of friends down there. I might be going back down in July. So I will definitely let you know. Because I, I would love to train everywhere. I want to be training as much as I can in the, over the rest of the summer. Cool. My last one, and then then we'll get you out of here. Appreciate it uh, taking the time, hanging out at a gas station uh, oh, with thank us. You. Um, My pleasure. How, <laughs> how does Dad celebrate Father's Day? It's Father's Day on Sunday. How does Dad celebrate? Oh yeah, it is Father's Day. Well, normally I celebrate by sitting in front of True Value Hardware and soaking up the rays from their glowing red sign. I love True Value. It's the greatest hardware store in the universe. Is. And uh, there's some videos on my ch channel of me literally just sitting there for an hour straight. And I, I drink uh, some cans of food and I relax with my feet on the cooler and have a great time. Uh, that's normally what I do, but I will be spending it with the grumps on the tour bus uh, playing Pokemon cards with Aaron probably. So it'll be a good Father's Day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> let everyone know where they can find you at both dad and, and the shoot name. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you out, where they can check you out. At. Okay. Well, if you, so if you search dad on YouTube, you'll find me. I'm the first thing that comes up. Uh, but dad feels, uh, as you can see above my head here on all social media. And I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and if you want to look up the the man that I am based after, based on Nathan Barnett, who looks like Trevor Phillips and all these other crazy people, uh, you can search Nathan Barnett, Barn A-T-T, -T, or just search Nathan Dance on YouTube. You'll find him. He does a lot of stuff, but he's no, he's no dad bod. He's no quantum father. So just check out dad. I'm the only, I'm the only thing worth watching. <laughs> good luck getting a million subscribers i don't know what's wrong with youtube that it's not there i think it's completely false the numbers have been uh rigged and, and gamed to to hold you I down so, so yeah youtube 2005 YouTube. nathan started in like 2005 day one youtube still <laughs> neither channel nathan's or dad's has been able to get even half a million so now that all, all... all 500 000 viewers of this show can now go and subscribe right. and we can hit a million That's yes right love it uh thank you again for joining us uh we appreciate it be safe on the road guys we'll be right back here big thanks to dad for joining us he's in the chat what a great guy he is i hope i hope you're doing well in town usa dad i hope uh hope the hardware store treats you well on father's day um, everyone go check them out. Subscribe to our channel. Again, you can click the link in the chat right there. JJ's got it. Subscribe to dad's channel. Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash dadfield. Go, go help him hit a million subscribers. Just yeah, one of the best interviews we, we have done. I, I literally texted my fiance in the middle of it. And I was like, this, this is the greatest interview ever. Um, and what didn't cut off or what cut off what, what people didn't get to hear was dad said very nice things about Fightful. So anybody who says nice things about Fightful and the work we do is a great guy in, in uh, my estimation. So go support dad, check out everything he is doing. Look forward to seeing him back in a, a wrestling ring and wrestling capacity and back in a boxing ring with a creator's creators clash guys. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. Very long show. We had a lot to cover. 
uh, wild week in the world of professional wrestling. I saw Sean Ross Sapp tweet that there's more bad news, but it's not related to Vince, Sasha, uh, or, or Jeff Hardy. So I don't know if that's good or bad and that there's more bad stuff happening and it's not related to them. So everyone subscribe to Fightful Select. Head over to FightfulOverbooked.com. We have a new Day After Dynamite today with Will Washington. I'm sure I'll pop in, make a cameo on that show. Uh, we have our Joshi Dreamcast podcast that just dropped. We have... Uh, our New Japan Overbook show that dropped as well. FMC is up as well. So, yes, head over to Fightful Overbooked. We got new content daily over there covering all aspects of the world of wrestling. Um, I hear, here's a scoop for everybody. I hear Lambs has been found. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, but he went away for a while. And I hear he has been found and he could be returning soon to fightful overbook i'll let him tell the story that is his story to tell but from what i my sources have told me that lambs have been has been spotted and could be returning soon all right everyone so head over to fightful overbooks head over to fightful.com thank you again for joining us on the spotlight we'll be back next week with a new episode covering wrestling talk to y'all next week bye everyone this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.